0: On today's show. Let's see what you got. Making her Stern Show debut. Oh, yeah. That's a big deal. Howard welcomes SNL alum, actress, and writer
1: Molly Shannon. What are you kidding me? (laughs)
2: Just, you know, the, the thought of it. It's overwhelming sometimes. Good morning, everybody. What's happening? Welcome to the show. Yes, we're live.
3: I thought maybe uh, yesterday was so great you didn't want it to end, baby.
2: Right. There you go. Oh, no. <laughs> I start every day with, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, oh. Yeah. I'm alive, so I'm moaning. That's what I do. I go, oh, I You know, um, how long has it been since Will Smith uh, smacked Chris Rock? Uh, I
3: think it's been about two weeks, two and a That's half. That's
2: what weeks, I would guess. Something two like weeks, that. something like that. Yeah, two weeks, maybe two and a half. That sounds about right to me too. I figured I'd, um, you know, it's kind of sad. No one's talking about it anymore. It's like everyone's moved on. And I enjoyed that whole thing. You know, the the the, the slap. The afterwards, analyzing it. Uh, talking I spent with you about a it. part
3: of the weekend listening to everybody else decide what's wrong with Will Smith.
2: Where do you hear that kind of thing? I, would oh, like to hear
3: I just that. got on some kind of a thread on YouTube or something. Right. And, you know, you just get one opinion after another. Everything wow. from toxic masculinity to uh, Will Smith <laughs> is losing his masculinity because of this modern woman.
2: Yeah, I'd like to hear that podcast or whatever that was. (laughs) Well, it was just
3: a string of different people from all over, all walks of wherever, who were uh, pontificating on the relationship and what has happened. You know, some people are saying in the last two years, Will Smith has really changed and things aren't going well for him.
2: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> i don't know I, I hear you talking about this. I, I wish i had any masculinity toxic or otherwise <laughs> sick of it i'm sick of being feminine but uh well amy schumer's coming on tomorrow so we can ask her about it i mean she was uh, the host of the oscars but you know I'm, i just would like to keep the story going because you know I didn't. I wasn't aware of this thread that you were on, and I would yeah. like to get on that. I would like to it's, be a part it's of hysterical it. hysterical, because yeah. the analysis
3: is amazing. Some people pro-Will, like he was defending his wife, and oh, come uh, on. I would have done the same thing. And I'm like, no, you wouldn't. Well no. Smith knew he could get away with that.
2: <laughs> that's right number one he knew slapping chris rock he would uh he, he sized him up and figured i could kick his ass number one number two But he
3: also figured you i'm the bigger star nobody's right. going to get upset with me that was mm-hmm. a miscalculation they didn't get upset with him immediately they had to think about it for a while but he got on and off that stage without a scuffle
2: I just love it, I guess, psychologically. It's much better to talk about Will Smith than Ukraine, COVID, yeah. Trump. I, um you know, I blew up about Trump last night. I blew up about oh. Ukraine. Yeah, I mean, you know, when I'm talking to people, I don't want to hear about. I can't talk to somebody who's, you know, singing the praises of that presidency. I just don't even understand it. It's coming at me uh-huh. from a whole nother fucking universe. I don't get it. But, uh and Ukraine with this Putin and, oh my God, every day I wake up to morning Joe, they got the the video of all the killing and children and wh- for what? God knows what the fuck this guy's looking for in life, this Putin. And quite frankly, it's made his army look incompetent. So, uh but, you know, yeah, I think but this COVID, is more
3: about China. The bigger picture is China. China, that's right.
4: Right. It China. is
3: making its move as a world power and letting us know that they want to be top dog.
2: Oh, yeah. They want to be good. Oh, yeah. Let them be top dog. Go have fun.
3: Well, that's not good for you or me, Howard. You're carrying on like that won't, in fact, uh, affect us, infect us even. Uh, yeah. They want to rule the world.
2: Why? Why? Well, how and do you so know that? They is-
3: have given Russia Go ahead. Nobody's going to bother you because we've got your back.
2: Wow. That's what they, I thought Biden went to speak to, uh, what's that, President Xi? Xi. Chi <laughs> what, what is he? Uh, he's not president. He's like Grandmaster Xi or something. What is he?
3: Prime Minister Xi. <laughs> Xi.
2: <laughs> yeah, I hate communists. I hate communism. I hate the uh, hierarchy in communism. I hate the corruption in it. Um the idea was a good one in that, like, hey, in a utopian society, maybe we could all share everything and everything would be wonderful and everyone will do their hardest and work their hardest because they'll love their country or some, some kind of horseshit like that. Here's the bottom line about human nature. Um If you pay someone, they will work. If you don't, they won't. And if you um take away all their incentives, they won't work. They just won't do it. Um Well, that knew-
3: doesn't seem to be the case. It's simply that when you claim you're going to put together a government that works for everybody you're not you're going to put together a government that works for you and your cronies
2: all i know is robin if i knew that i could only make as much as human newman or um or mad dog i'd be pissed off i'd be like well wait a second you need to tell me i got more listeners than human newman and mad dog and then do you're gonna pay they me put a
3: gun to your head you're gonna start talking funny
2: no <laughs> Well, in any case, I hate communism, (laughs) and I hate Putin, and I hate uh, the Chinese government. I think it sucks. And I understand why China is the way it is. We were raping that country, and so was everybody else for a while. So they went all, you know, berserk in there, but uh, they had to kick out all foreigners. But (sighs) I don't know. Hey, I do have good news about the Ukraine. Bigfoot got Bigfoot got Bigfoot from Vermont, got in touch with uh, Wolfie and said that if we could put him in touch with Putin, he could probably negotiate peace. And we thought that was pretty funny that he kept calling Wolfie over and over again. He was
3: serious.
2: (laughs) Well, you know why he was serious? And it's partially our fault. Well, probably all our fault because <laughs> in the past we once made a phony phone call to him from Melania Trump, who wanted to have sex with him, and you know Bigfoot's limited, so he thought it was real. He's still talking about Melania, and he knows Melania, even though we told him it was a phony phone call. Oh he my doesn't, goodness! He doesn't get the part that it's a phony phone call, and then one time we called him as Joe Biden, if you remember that it wasn't too long yeah. ago, where you know Joe Biden to wanted try to, talk to get to his vote or something. Yeah, yeah, right. And uh so he thinks he was telling Wolfie, I know Joe Biden, I know Melania, I know that I could reach if I could reach Putin. You know, it would be awesome. So, so when since Melania Biden
3: and Melania talked to him, Putin would probably talk
2: to him. Yeah, like like yeah, like he requested <laughs> to speak to Putin and we were like, well, okay. <laughs> we can put that together pretty quick. <laughs> uh here I'll play it for you. I got a I got tape. Bigfoot negotiating with Putin. Yeah, I remember the phone call with Melania because our Melania impersonator had phone sex with Bigfoot. They were, like, going at it hot and heavy. Yeah. Yeah. So Bigfoot is under the delusion that he's involved in everything like uh, Sean Penn or Bono, like he's a And everyone
3: knows him. So, you know, because they were calling him.
2: Yeah. Do you remember the time Bigfoot was actually in our studio with us? This was years ago before COVID. Um, and, and we had an Obama, uh, impersonator come in who looked nothing like Obama (laughs) and he negotiated with Bigfoot to blow up the state of Vermont and Bigfoot still talks about that saying, you know, I know Obama or Obama politically, obviously. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, so we were kind of intrigued that Bigfoot reached out to Wolfie and said if you guys can hook it up I'm ready to negotiate here's the uh here's the first
5: clip. I'm quite a negotiator
2: I I'm negotiated re- things in
5: jail it is when I'm offered people food it is ordinary stop them from rioting. and it ended up working what I did I'm I'm, I'm a wa- very good negotiator
6: I'm well aware of that and that's why you're the man to get this job done
5: I right, I right, don't, I'll see what I can do. Don't
6: don't back down.
5: I won't back down. I don't back down from nobody you know.
2: Imagine how horrible jail is that. Like you're in you're in a fix and you need Bigfoot to negotiate for you because, you know, he's a big man and uh probably <laughs> you might need his help.
3: I love that. Uh, i a good negotiator. Come
2: on, let yeah. me do it. <laughs> Honestly, though, you know the way Putin behaves, Bigfoot would do as well as any other negotiator. So, why Well, not? yeah,
3: because he's probably on the same mentality as somebody right. you'd run to run into in prison.
2: And Bigfoot, I think, traded ramen noodles for gay sex in jail and ended a war. So, <laughs> I'm pretty sure he could do this Putin deal. <laughs> But Bigfoot was telling Wolfie he stopped riots in jail and, you know, he he basically, you know, he he was a good negotiator. Well, it sounds
3: like he only did one negotiation and now he's a great negotiator.
2: Well, being a dirty mountain man of Vermont and a top negotiator, (laughs) Bigfoot asked Wolfie for for weeks to set up a meeting with Vladimir Putin. So, you know, through the magic of our show. Why was
3: Wolfie holding back? Come on, the world's in trouble.
2: Uh, i big think we were, work- it. <laughs> we were working on our russian impression but the fact is that uh it probably wouldn't have mattered probably just says hi this is uh, vladimir putin how you doing man <laughs>
3: that's right it could have been anybody
2: yeah i put that accent on for tv no big deal all right so here it is uh this is putin meeting bigfoot
6: president putin are you there
5: Yeah, i'm uh, here hello. hey guy this is bigfoot
7: ah comrade foot right I want to begin to say your reputation precedes you.
5: Well, what can we do uh, give you uh, that way we can have a ceasefire? If you can arrange me to have Ukraine. The war yes, is I over. probably can do that. I probably can do that. All I have to do is talk to the white right people. I have connections with Elania. I have connections through um uh Biden. It is. I talked to Biden twice on my home phone. I am a good negotiator. who is this Elania? Tell me she's Trump's wife, and Trump's wife turned around and Trump cheated on her wife. It is, and stuff like that.
7: Ah. You think maybe one of the things I could get is Elania in one of my beds?
5: I maybe could arrange that. I have talked with her in the past. I probably could arrange something like that.
2: Wow. He's doing He's pretty trading well. trading
4: Melania? <laughs>
2: First Dennis Rodman with North Korea, now Bigfoot <laughs> with Putin. Yeah. Anyway, so um, let, me, uh, let me take you through the negotiation. It gets pretty heavy. Uh, Putin? All right. Putin tried the typical Putin move by, and he tried to intimidate Bigfoot by oh. bringing up his, he brought up his nuclear arsenal. But Bigfoot, you know, he he held his
7: own. Here you go. You sure. know, Comrade Foot, I have arsenal of very powerful weapons. I have my hand. I, right, I, I, yeah, I right know you now, do. I've been... over the button, the nuclear button. Don't be doing that, sir, please. What about Alaska? No one give a shit about Alaska. You want me to blow it up? If that's what you care to do okay give me a moment my gift to you i hope you didn't uh like the polar bears because we just got rid of them <laughs> i don't care about the polar bears <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> i blew it up again just to be sure <laughs>
5: I used to go over in Canada, and they border-bound me in this.
7: Oh, you, they did this to you in Canada, huh? Yeah. Okay, well, we soon fixed that. Look at this. Look what happens when I press this button for Canada. Look at this. Bye, bye, Canada. It's gone. Oh, my God, sir. By the way, just to recap, we just blew up Alaska and all of Canada. You understand, yeah, right?
5: I understand. I understand completely. Fuck Canada.
7: By the way, I just get news over my wire. Thirty eight million are dead in Canada. This is wonderful. This is wonderful. Thank you for that.
2: Yeah. them. Yeah, so this is all Wait part of... Wait a
3: minute, of, this is going the wrong way.
2: No, that's all part of Bigfoot's negotiating plan. He's going to end the war in <laughs> Ukraine by befriending Putin, not an- angering him. Uh, Bigfoot is the Madeline Albright of the WACPAC.
3: Good Lord.
2: He didn't you know what's happening? He
3: didn't when they said 38 million killed. <laughs> Fuck em. Putin is...
2: You know what's said? Putin is totally charming Bigfoot. The two of them I are know. really hitting it off. Yeah. So, uh... Anyway, so let's continue the saga. So the the peace talks continued on and they went completely off the rails when Bigfoot told Putin that he loved him. Oh, my. Um, God. <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> <laughs> uh, maybe I should play you this one first. Okay, Bigfoot really started opening up to Putin after the nuclear attack, okay? Oh. This is right after after all this went down. Here's uh, Bigfoot. Okay. I
5: want to meet you in person, sir. Oh, I we are sit going there to eat. And smoke a big fat
7: joint with you, a Mont Green. Uh, Mont Green, yes, we are going to give you all the women you want, Bigfoot.
5: I had over sixty girls, and they used to stop by my house every single day. It was one that ended up dying. Oh, what a fuck she was! She had a good vagina. Oh man, she loved it. I have nine and a half inches, sir. What a does does what? Nine and a half inches, I have.
7: You're a... Uh, Svanginia? You're your... You're, uh, yes, I do. Yes. My God. How do you get... <laughs> oh. I'm
5: built like a real man, sir. Yeah. I used to take care of the mailman in
7: Derby. I enjoy a a, a specimen of a man. Would you destroy my ass like the city of Kiev?
5: Yeah, I probably would. Yeah, oh. I've been known to do
2: that. So Bigfoot and Putin now are getting very close. Yeah, and this is, very
3: chummy, chummy, chummy.
2: <laughs> Bigfoot's like James Bond. He, he sleeps with all his enemies. And uh <laughs> I don't know. what After Putin blew up Canada and Alaska, the nuclear fallout or something turned out to be a real aphrodisiac for Bigfoot. He went berserk.
3: Yeah, his voice is changing. And I love this sir thing he's doing, yeah. you know. Uh,
2: Well, that's that's good, sir. (laughs) Isn't it amazing every time we involve Bigfoot in some sort of phony phone call scam, it ends up in phone sex every time.
3: (laughs) That's his (laughs)
2: negotiations. (laughs) Well, all right. So let me take you further into it because you seem to be enjoying this. Um, So here's where the peace talks go completely off the rails. And and Bigfoot tells Putin he loves him, which is probably a smart. That's sort of like the Trump uh, strategy when dealing with him,
7: you know. Here we go. I love you. You what? I love you. You love me. Yeah. My God, I think I think maybe I'm in love with you too, and your big cock. Huh? Whisper something nice to me, your lover. Ah. Uh, mm. What? Where would, you, where, where would you put
5: your cum on me? you like my cum in my in your mouth. Yes. Uh, I I want you to make a white Russian in my ass. Make a what? White uh, Russian? In my ass. And I'll make a white Russian in your ass.
7: I want you to stick a finger up my ass, and then when my fingers have been up, up my ass, I want you to take the finger and rub it on my face.
5: I'll do that, sir. i have a goatee, <laughs> too, you know.
7: Oh, I bet it smells like uh, ass and cock cheese.
2: Yeah
7: wow these two
2: (laughs) this is some negotiation i don't know where we're getting the ukrainian people have forgotten have been forgotten in all this remember when bigfoot was talking to melania he told her he loved her too doesn't take Uh, much he
3: falls in love very easily
2: by the way sometimes bigfoot whispers during the call because he's calling in the hallway of his group home (laughs) and uh i'm serious and he's like aware that there are other patients
3: (laughs) i was gonna ask you if he's off his medication Uh, so he's still in the group home
2: uh, yeah (laughs) i think bigfoot uh, would give ronnie a run for his money he's hornier than ronnie he'll fuck anything he'll fuck uh, putin he'll he'll fuck uh, melania you name it
3: yeah ronnie has limits bigfoot does not
2: you think Bigfoot is in some way distracting Putin so that we can help Ukraine while he's busy with Bigfoot? Maybe that no, was the strategy. No, I don't strategy. think there's any
3: plan. No. <laughs> no
2: you mean? Um, oh, so then something totally unexpected happened. President Biden, who'd been listening into the talks from the Situation Room at the White House, patched himself into the conversation. And now it's Putin, Bigfoot,
8: and Biden. Hmm. This is President Joseph R. Biden. Huh? Now, I've been debriefed in the Situation Room about the conflict at hand. I hope you understand the immediate emergencies you've caused. 745,000 people have perished in Alaska. We're talking about treason. Oh, I didn't make, make him do that.
5: I didn't make we him do that. We have
8: on 2.6 million polar bears dead.
7: Dead. Fuck the polar bears, right? The big foot. <laughs> right. Now, that not, not blood, blood's not on your human hands. I would like to make a
5: proposal. Somebody I needs to make a proposal. I'm getting second being screwed over by Biden in this.
7: But what if you and he were to drive over to Russia and together President Biden and I were to suck your cock? I'll I let would you do that. I would take care of the balls and Mr. Biden, I don't care. He could get the head. Now, this is a
8: policy that I believe America can get behind. The idea of both of our malice coming together. I'm Mr. cock.
7: But I insist that we would have to share the load. That'd be fine. So you would aim your cock at my tongue, and then you could aim after at Mr. Biden's tongue. Yeah, I could do that. I propose one final thing, and then if you say yes, we have a deal. At the end of this, will you take a shit on my chest, Bigfoot? (laughs) Yes, I would do
5: that. A big, healthy one.
8: To take a dump on a chest is not something we're necessarily against, but we would need to be washing down with some urine. Would you give me a little lemonade?
5: I'll give you some lemonade.
8: Then we have a deal.
5: All right. <laughs> I can make it happen.
8: Wow. How much pee-pee you got there?
5: <laughs> I got enough pee-pee of, uh, start my own river.
7: <laughs> what will you eat when you shit on my chest? Steak. Mmm. Onions. What's the color of
8: your urine this morning? This is serious business.
5: Foamy. (laughs) Foamy? Yeah, like beer. Red hot.
8: Red hot? Yeah. Boiling piss. Yeah. I want to drink your piss.
5: I want to eat your shit. I just want you to have a ceasefire. Yes. Are you listening? We can all agree upon this? Yes, I can agree upon it.
7: Then it's settled. It's done. I'm calling off the invasion of the Ukraine. You saved right, us from World
5: good. War Three. I'm pretty amazing, ain't I, sir? You are. Say that again. I would like the Medal of Freedom.
8: We'll do that for you, man. Comrade Foot. Goodbye. Bye. <laughs> if only world peace was this
2: easy, Robin. If only.
3: If only Bigfoot was the draw
2: that he thinks he
3: is. He's offering himself up for wow. our
2: benefit. Well, anyway, Bigfoot had done. What everyone thought was unthinkable. He negotiated peace between Russia, the United States, and Ukraine. And Bigfoot, uh, as an addendum to this story, was so taken with himself that he, he called a friend after the conversation started bragging to him.
3: Oh, my goodness.
2: Yeah. We taped everything Bigfoot did. This is uh, <laughs> Bigfoot bragging to his friend. It's kind of hard to hear the friend, but this nevertheless occurred. That Bigfoot, I negotiated a deal over the
5: phone here. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, I know. Awesome. Negotiating your wicked deal with my life. Now I got to go over to Russia and make peace with them with Bigfoot style.
2: That's, um, oh, by the way, I want to, I want to tell you, you know, we edit this stuff down. The negotiations lasted a total of one hour and 13 minutes. Are you kidding? No, I... Maybe one day I'll release the entire negotiation <laughs> as a Howard 101 special. Bigfoot negotiating with Putin. I mean, you could sit through the whole negotiation. <laughs> and, uh, hey, Wolfie, tell. So Wolfie did this whole thing, put it together, blah, 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 blah. Bigfoot's family called Wolfie afterwards to confirm if the call was real.
3: Oh, my God. He Ooh. was telling everyone.
2: Yeah.
6: Yeah, he he got on the phone with his family and was, I guess, bragging about that he that he stopped the war in Ukraine and that I was getting calls all night long. They were like checking to verify it. What's Are that? These
2: like, like, does he have what a mother or brother? I mean, without
6: siblings, hell? his siblings. siblings. Yeah, they called they were, you. Did? Yes, they, I mean, they don't
2: were. they don't they know like like Bigfoot story? I mean, like, they were actually calling you saying, "Hey, is it true our our brother negotiated a peace with the Ukraine?"
6: Yeah, I sometimes question which, which one of that family got the brains. <laughs> it, 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 <laughs> it, it, it's a little, it's, it's a little strange, but yeah, they, they, they completely thought it was real as well. So I wow. had, to, had to break, break the news to them. I see. <laughs> Can you imagine? Let me ask you something.
3: Bigfoot's in a, in a halfway house and they think he's negotiating with <laughs>
2: <laughs>
6: absolutely.
2: Wow. Why not just turn on the news to find out if a peace had broken out? Like, what, don't you think that would be on the news that oh, Bigfoot had no, negotiated? Oh no, 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 no. <laughs> They yeah. called Maybe. Wolfie.
6: The average I guess person they, might think that. Yes.
2: Yeah, I guess by calling Wolfie, the the hope is alive that Bigfoot actually negotiated a peace. If you put on the news, it can be heartbreaking.
6: Uh,
3: hey, so I'm wh- just now getting a picture of this family.
6: <laughs> <laughs> this is oh, you, amazing. You, you have no idea. You have no idea what what goes on.
2: Is there any chance he can interview the whole family? Who knows? Maybe one day we'll get like a family feud type situation going.
6: <laughs> I, I don't even know that you want to. <laughs> I'll,
3: okay. I'll say that. <laughs> wow.
2: Yeah. Well, okay. So Bigfoot, uh, top negotiator, you know, understood to call Vladimir Putin, sir, uh Mr. Putin. You know, he was respectful. He. When along I don't with know the blowing- how
3: Biden's doing such horrible things to him. He did have a complaint about Biden. He's tired of him
6: bothering him in some way. Yeah, that, that's a lot of things. Not legalizing marijuana across the country. Uh, okay. The, yeah. yeah, the, the <laughs> fact that he can't go into Canada. He, he's got a laundry list of, of problems with just about every politician. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Did Amazing. did they ask you, is, is is it true that Putin had blown up Canada, the family? Did they uh, mention that
6: in the negotiation? Yes, they did ask if that was if that was true. Because they they, be. really, yeah, yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> they asked about Alaska. Uh, oh, my God. Well, like I said, that that as you mentioned, the call was very long. There might have been some other cities that were decimated. They were they were. <laughs> what they did were you, uh, what
2: about. you uh, but, but put peace together? You're you're uh, you're like an FBI man. Piece together what might have happened. So after the call, uh, Bigfoot called his family, told them about the whole thing, even about Alaska getting blown up and and about Canada getting blown up. And so they wanted confirmation. They called you and said, "Is it true Canada was blown up?" Is it true? So they recounted everything that happened in the phone call and wanted a uh, verification.
6: Correct. Yes. Wow. Yes.
2: Now, they're in Vermont. Can't they just look out the window and see if Alaska's is still there? It's pretty close.
6: <laughs> you, you would <laughs> no, think. No. What, uh, one other fascinating detail. The brother <laughs> was actually jealous that, uh, that Bigfoot was going to get a Medal of Freedom <laughs> because the, this guy thought that he deserved a medal because I guess he mentored Bigfoot in some way. So he was oh. jealous about that. Oh, wow God.
2: i'm mad at you for not recording that call that, was, that sounds like a good one no but wow. isn't canada canada's pretty close to vermont right or yeah uh, it's right on yeah, the border they yeah. yeah they could they could take a look and see what's doing i mean they could get their own verification <laughs> they Have to bother you you would uh, did they ask you if it's true that bigfoot's gonna piss in president biden's mouth uh, no that the,
6: they didn't ask they didn't ask that level of detail but um yeah, I mean they 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 think all of these other conversations with uh, Melania and Biden all this stuff they they I apparently believe have had. hello
2: uh, Wolfie, this is Bigfoot's uh, brother. Is it true Biden and Putin are going to share Bigfoot's come equally? <laughs> like once uh, Bigfoot comes on Putin's tongue, he's going to then switch to uh, Biden's tongue. Yes. <laughs> yeah, wow. <laughs> By the way, here is Mark from Canada, who's pissed off. Go ahead, Mark.
9: I can't believe that motherfuckers responsible. I just watched the CN Tower fall.
2: Because of uh, Putin, he blew up Canada. I'm sorry. That's uh, this guy lives in Canada. (sighs) By the way, later on, we learned that Bigfoot's going to give Kim Jong Un a rim job. Make him back (laughs) off.
3: So he'll stop testing nuclear (laughs) weapons.
2: Yeah. Why don't you call uh, Bigfoot and say, since you did so well, maybe you could talk to Kim Jong-un, because Dennis Rodman obviously failed. Maybe he would,
6: uh, <laughs> and that'd be pretty funny. He would do it in no. two seconds. Two no. seconds he'd make that call.
2: All right. Thanks, Wolfie. Good job. Good uh, Bigfoot update. Uh, Bigfoot and his negotiations with Vladimir Putin over the Ukrainian situation. And
3: Well, I like I'm glad it. he's moved on from his broken engagement and now is taking on world politics.
2: Glad he's taking on fucking his way to world peace.
3: Yeah, you know, he he had a broken heart. He uh, lost his girlfriend. I don't know whether they got back together or not, but I think that he's moving on to bigger things.
2: Ty in Florida. How are you, Ty?
10: Hi, Howard. Hi. Um, Hi. Today, uh, well, My birthday is this weekend, and I am going to be bar mitzvah.
2: Oh, you're you're going to turn thirteen this weekend, and you're going to have a big bar mitzvah, and you're going to say all the Jewish words and Hebrew words, and you're gonna you're all set. Uh, You got your what?
10: Yep, I got all my aliyah, Torah portion things in. And in other words, you are
2: going him. to you are going to run the service at the temple, and you are going to kill speak it, in Hebrew. Yeah. You're going to kill it. Yes, that's beautiful, beautiful. Let me see Is if he you're doing ready. It you ready? In
3: Hebrew? Is he?
10: Yeah.
2: I'll, let me see if you're ready. I'm going to test you. I'm going to say okay. something. I want you to respond. Okay.
10: Well, I, well, wait. I can't speak Hebrew. I just know what I was taught so far. All right. I'm Let's not, see how you do. Let listening. me
2: see how you do. Here we go. Just listen uh, carefully, and you respond. Okay. We're going to do call and response. Here we go.
10: Okay.
2: Baruch, listen up, Ty. Uh. Baruch Adonai, ham barach.
10: Baruch
2: Adonai, ham vera ba'ed. Baruch atah, recite with me. Baruch Adonai, Eloheinu melech
10: haolam.
2: <speaking in> oh,
10: <foreign language> um, uh, you're
2: ready. You're ready. I like what I'm hearing. I like it. Ty, you're all set.
10: Thank you. Um, Shout out to my dad. He's been listening to to you since the 80s, and he uh put me on today, so.
2: Very nice. Ty, uh, good luck. Yeah. Uh, and you Thank will you. be a man this weekend. There you go.
3: What do you Thank say you,
2: to Matt. a mitzvah boy? He's a B'mitzvah <laughs> Bucha. Ah, B'm- that's it. A- <laughs> when the rabbi says, Amen, B'mitzvah Bucha, Ty. Right? There you go. Yeah. Well, you're doing well. Congrats. And yeah. by the way, Thank this you. will all get you nowhere, as I learned
10: in life.
3: <laughs> Forget to this That's as soon as possible and free up those memory cells for something <laughs>
9: worthwhile. What, That's what I would I do is, I'm just
2: kidding. yeah, Ty, do me a favor, live my life the right way for me. After this, uh, get guitar lessons and become the next <laughs> Eddie Van Halen. I will. All right, Ty, you hang in there, buddy. I, I like your style.
10: Thank you.
2: You got a girlfriend? You. you know, I'm trying. I'm um, well, going to all my other
10: friends bar mitzvahs, you know, just trying to get to dance, trying to get trying to dance with the girls first, and then you know, you go to second base or yeah, base. it starts with the dance.
2: Okay, well, let me uh, yeah. let me tell you something, Ty, not to, brag, not to brag, not to brag. Okay, at 12 years old, I got myself a girlfriend. Uh her name was Irene. I don't mind telling you nice. that, sharing that with you. And uh very beautiful. You might look at me and say, Well, your girlfriend wasn't that hot. She was considered the hottest girl. That's, I don't know how I, I do not know how I pulled this off, but I had a girlfriend and then I invited her to my bar mitzvah and she showed up and we danced together at the bar mitzvah. That's
10: awesome. So, I was to have yeah. one too by my bar mitzvah.
2: Now, let me tell you, well, you better hurry up. You got yeah, this
10: weekend. Yeah, because it's
2: this weekend. I know, right? I know.
10: <laughs> I mean, no, no, no. Uh, my bar mitzvah is actually May 21st, but my birthday is this weekend. Oh, it's a little I after.
4: see.
2: Now, so, yeah. uh, you say uh, you mentioned second base. So I'm going to slow you down here a little bit.
10: First base, first base.
2: Right. First we go to first base. You don't go right to second base. Yeah, you yeah. don't get the, first. <laughs> that isn't that crazy rule in extra innings where you get to put a guy on second base right away, you know, you know what I mean? So yeah. uh yeah. Let so a what I, That's right. So uh this girl that I was with, uh we kissed. And uh okay. I was dreaming of second base, but I got too nervous. I uh, yeah. I started to shake when I try to put it into play my parents uh that's, i had her over and uh uh we kissed but uh i i i was too nervous i it was fine for me fumbling. Kiss- yeah uh, fumbling yeah, yeah i fumbled yeah yeah that's what that was but uh listen who knows where she is now she's an old lady now you know yeah I struck yeah. out
3: you probably yeah. could get her now. <laughs> you probably wouldn't have problem. <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't know. I think she'd had it with me. I broke up with her. My my I, best friend I, said to me, "We yeah, go ahead, uh, Ty. Sorry, I don't mean to monopolize the conversation."
4: No, go ahead. it's
10: okay. I um also when I was this was uh, when I was in fifth grade though I got my first girlfriend. Her name was I don't also mind trying this Elena. Elena, um, yeah, and. We dated for about a, uh two weeks. No, that's
2: not good, but you know. Oh, well, that's very good. Two weeks.
10: So, two weeks is a long time in your life.
2: I now, now how would you meet this girl? So did did you dance with her? Because you're right. I um my this wasn't my first girlfriend, but the first girl I slow danced with. Uh, um, yeah, I think she liked me, but uh, you know, I don't know, I fizzled. But you know, the dancing does help.
10: Yeah, it does. Yeah, very much.
2: Now I let me ask you something. I like uh, I like the sound of you. You seem like a mature kind of guy. What what kind of music do thirteen year olds listen to when they yeah. dance with a girl? Well,
10: it's like all different. It's not like for bar mitzvah. Um, it's not like really. Um. Like, it's, like, all kinds of variations, like, uh, like, old, like, 80s music to, like, now, like, music, like, rap, like, you know, who, like, um, Travis Scott, those people. Right.
2: Now, um, so what are you going to have at the Bar Mitzvah? How many people are you having, and what type of music? Will you have a DJ or a live band?
10: Well, we'll have a DJ and, like, five dancers, and, um... We, um, will have, uh, we will have, uh, like all different types of music and it's going to be sports theme. I love sports. And, um, so yeah, it'll just be, it's going to be great. Hopefully.
2: Thank you. Yeah. A sports theme, huh? Hmm, that's good. I wish I had been into sports. Yeah. You know, I was a real wuss. What was I, your uh,
3: theme, Howard? You never did I it didn't you
2: have a, th- a theme. My you theme didn't even was. Have
3: th- a theme.
2: My theme. Thank God I got out of there with, I mean, my, my mother almost ruined the whole thing. <laughs> I remember she was sitting with my father and she goes, listen, I don't like that loud music. What we're going to have at your bar mitzvah is a violin, people. Will- oh
3: my God.
2: I want a violin player. <laughs> and I went, What? <laughs> he goes, That's right, that's a classy affair. And my father stepped in for the first time I ever saw him. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> you gotta have music. I'm going to have my partners there. They like to dance. But listen, it's Fun too to have classy, and then you can have conversation. You go to these things, no one can hear anything. <laughs> oh, I gotta have a dance. Uh, well, I don't know. My father prevailed, and we had a band. I got uh, th- three guys who looked like they were gonna pass out, <laughs> but at least they had a couple of tunes that were good. Uh, get people on the dance you know- floor. You know what my yeah, theme I- was, Ty? You know what the theme at my barbershop oh, was? The- no fun. What? No fun. <laughs> that, that was the theme. No one was going to have a good Which time. I don't th- awesome. <laughs> People just booked out of there as quick as they could. Can you imagine the if cup. there was a violin. You want to know something? I had it at the Colonnade in Rockville Center a uh, hundred years ago, and I'm right after my bar miss, the whole thing burned down. So you tell me what happened. What? I ain't saying I know anything, but... Uh, <laughs> you should have a violin player tie. It's very classy, that loud music. Older people can't take it. It drives them crazy. Yeah. Well,
10: I agree with what you said earlier. I've been questioning, like, what, like, you can do after you're by mitzvah. Like, you can't drive, you can't drink, you can't smoke, you know, you can't do anything else.
2: Well, you the know same. what I thought? You're... My parents had told me when I turned 13, I would become a man. And they told me this when I was learning all the lessons. And I didn't understand. Yeah. And I wasn't really a, a questioning. Like, you know, I just heard this. They told me over and over again I would be a man. And I do not know what they meant. Yeah, well, you're you're with it. I wasn't, I was out of it. So when I heard <laughs> okay. this, I, I had a theory that because it was tied up in religion, that the day that I became 13, God was going to visit me in my room and he was <laughs> going to like, tell me something to make me a man. Cause I'm like, how the heck could I go to be a man in one day where I'm such a, you know, wuss. you know how I, I didn't even have a, a facial hair. You understand time? <laughs> like, h- oh. Right. I was like, well, how am I going to become a man? And uh I waited in my bedroom for God, and I was scared out of my mind uh, because I know God can do some really weird things, you know. Uh He's been responsible for some crazy stuff, too. So I was like, oh, this is going to go down. And uh, then nothing happened, and I I was the same the day after, you know. And I looked at myself in the mirror, and I looked at my hips, and I looked at my breast and I went, I'm more a woman than a man. I think <laughs> God made a mistake. Yeah. You understand, Todd?
3: The singing didn't work. Yeah.
2: Uh, Yeah, I I sang those prayers perfectly. My mother, (laughs) Ty, my mother put so much pressure on me, you wouldn't have believed it. She says to me, I want you to know your grandfather is going to be sitting there, and he is an expert. He is going to be listening and to see if you make a mistake. I went, what? What do you mean a mistake?
10: My my grandparents are also... um, very, very into my, my grandma wanted to learn all my Torah portions with me. I was like, what? That's crazy. Why would anybody yeah. do that? But um, You tell,
2: you tell yeah, her to relax.
10: Cause, but I realized because they're proud of me. But my grandpa, every time I'm over, he's like, so did you bring your um, Hebrew school book? Can we practice now? I'm like, hold on. Let's go. uh Let's just chill, you know, play ping pong.
2: I know, your grandfather, what is he, uh, what is he, uh, what what is he, the prime minister of Israel? When did he become so Jewish?
10: Exactly.
2: (laughs) Yeah, all Uh, of a sudden he's he's the top Jew.
10: Yeah.
2: What is he, what is he, uh, super religious, orthodox?
10: No, he's not, he's not, but they just like really, I guess, love me and want
2: to help me a lot. Well, I was never loved. So, uh, oh, I was, it. I, I had it a little easier than you. <laughs> Nobody practiced with me. Nobody was proud Nobody of cared. you. <laughs> Nobody was proud of me. Nobody cared. Being yeah, loved it. is highly overrated. I tell you, everyone gets their nose up in your business. <laughs> but, uh, well, Ty, uh, I'll tell you the truth, Ty. When I was growing up, I was tolerated, if you know what I mean. I was loved. I was tolerated. Like I used to a, say to myself. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I used to say to myself, "Why do my parents have children? They don't seem to be enjoying me." <laughs> but you, you're a child who is enjoyed, and I could see why. You're, you're. I bet you're a top student.
3: You're a delight.
2: You're a delight. Uh, I like you.
10: Yeah. Thank you.
2: Yeah. Hey, I got to play you something, Ty. I got this guy, Ronnie, who works for me. I got to play you him reading Hebrew. Tell me what you think on a scale of <laughs> one to ten, ten being great, All one right. being a loser. <laughs> Listen to this guy. Listen to him. I'm gonna play it for you.
11: Barucha what is it? Baruha is noyav baruch. Baruk adnoy varum avayed. Baruk atoy noy alahenu melech alam. Achia bakar benoy. This guy's barely a Jew. Ty, what do you think of that so,
2: on a scale of one? Okay,
10: yeah. so so it it's in the eyes of any Jew who knows how to speak. He really gets like a solid two. But if it's in the eyes of people who don't know anything at all, they would probably be like, oh, that's good, because they can't understand the thing you say."
2: Well, I'll, tell, I'll get what. you a little secret. After he read that, he didn't become a man, I'll tell you that. He's still waiting. <laughs> Does that sound like a guy about to become
11: a man? Uh,
2: No, no. No, no. Listen to this.
11: Barucha <laughs> toy, I like my hair. Barucha toy, I do my You know what I mean? God was like, that- what? What? Yeah.
10: This
2: kid uh, never
10: studied? Never.
3: He studied. said he did.
2: He said he did. He said he, he studied, but I don't believe him. Listen to this
11: Barucha <laughs> Baruha I don't know. Barucha toy, I don't know.
2: By the way, Ty, you should hear him speak English even worse. <laughs> Grammar, forget it. That's
10: what it. I'm scared about. That's what I'm scared about, just blanking on the whole thing in the middle of my or mitzvah. And you know. won't. Being like that.
2: You, you won't. I always, you know what? I handled it like a pro. You sound like a bright kid. You'll be fine. And, uh, you. you know, your, your singing voice sounds good. Do you have a little speech you're going to make in English to everyone?
10: Yeah. About Let my me hear a little.
2: Family. What's it about? Give me the gist.
10: Well, I don't. It, it'll be about like who, like, has brought me here, and like, you know, like how happy I am to, um, I guess be a mitzvah, and um, like about my family, and you know, just how much I love them. So, yeah.
2: Uh, by the way, throw in a little something about me about uh, that I spoke to you on the radio, and and, and thank me.
10: I have to. My dad yeah, was that'll... like, my dad was like, this morning he was like, because he called in before, but he hasn't made it. I'm sure, but um, he's made the final cut, so you know, i kind of.
2: Yeah. This girl you have a, a crush better, on, better. the girl you have a crush on, are you gonna? Uh, is she gonna be at the bar mitzvah?
10: Yes.
2: Yeah. You know what you ought to do? Drop her name in the speech. Maybe she'll love it. Fall in love with you, <laughs> but
3: uh, although,
2: yeah, although but maybe that kind of dad, maybe that's not. I was cool. going to
3: say, what does he say, Howard? I mean, come
10: on. Yeah,
2: I'd be like Helene? Uh Just is it what Elaine? Right? Uh, uh, a- Elena, Elaine.
10: I don't like her anymore. Oh,
2: you, oh, don't, you don't like do? her. What's the What's no, the first name of the one it. you like? What's the first um, name of the one? Uh, well,
10: that's still like in questioning. You know, like I don't oh, okay. have a specific one. I'm just trying to.
2: Well, be more um, like me, Ty. I liked whoever liked me back. So don't <laughs> hold all your options open.
10: Who likes you,
2: Ty? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, are you like yeah, a good looking dude or are you, uh, are you like me? You're not so good looking. No, don't say that
10: about
2: yourself. Thank you. But You're it's really look, I'm a realist. Though. How are you? Are you decent looking? I guess. Well, I don't know no.
10: what the standards are, but
2: yeah. who do you look like? Yeah. You look like Timothy Chalamet.
10: I don't know who that is, but I huh. I um I don't know who I look like if if, if
4: uh Justin Bieber
10: say, like, you if you had like no 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 I have uh like dark dark brown hair
2: oh like uh, Pete Davidson that's good uh, you know this guy he uh, he's getting everybody everybody Kardashian <laughs> this. That. But, you know who you sound a little I, like? Maybe you look like a uh, Harry Potter a little bit.
10: <laughs> well, the thing is, um well, I'm not a witch or whatever he is, but no. Uh, I, I or a magical <laughs> No, 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 I know. But um he um I have like longer hair. Like not like like your long, but like um like uh I don't like know. When the like, Beatles
2: when the Beatles first started out? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's of, a good look. Mine's I like totally that. Kind of. Like the Dutch boy with the paint. Yeah. Yeah. And what about your voice? Is it changing at all? Yeah. When I was your age, yeah, I was all. like, "Man, I can't believe my voice hasn't changed." I used to answer the phone and be like, "Hello." And, and people go, "Oh, hello Mrs. Stern." Um <laughs> and I go, "No, no, no. This is
3: I'm not my mother. I'm I'm a dude." <laughs>
2: I had. I was, did that ever happen to you? Like you answer the phone and they go,
4: yeah.
2: "Oh, uh, can I speak to the man of the house?" And go, "I am the man of the house." <laughs>
4: yeah. Yeah. I don't have a. Um, uh, uh, my voice is in.
10: Tra-
2: yeah, transition. Yeah, it is. Oh, yeah, it yeah. sounds pretty good. Sounds pretty. What about hair under your armpits? You got any? No,
10: not yet.
2: Yeah, me neither. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I mean now I do. I mean, back it's
10: good then. Because, it's good because you don't need to use, like, really, like, you don't really need, like, um, what's it called? Like, deodorant yet. Because yeah. you're not, like, really a...
2: Max, you're eight. What's your favorite um, movie?
10: My favorite movie? Um, Well, I really like um, uh, the Will Smith one, uh, Step Brothers. That one was that bro- uh, that's not what I meant. That's not what I meant, I meant Will Farrell.
2: Sorry. Right. Oh Will Ferrell. Uh, okay. Yeah, he's funny. Well, you ever yeah, seen yeah. my movie? My movie's a scream.
10: I my dad talks about it a lot because he watched it.
2: It's good, but it's got some nudity, maybe you're not ready. Although you kids today with the internet, you've seen it all probably.
10: Not me, not me. I don't I'm a I'm a good kid. I don't yeah, good. do any of that yet.
2: You know what? Good. I'll tell you why that's good. If you uh, watch all that stuff on the internet, it 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 gives you warped views of stuff. Like it, it keep your innocence mm-hmm. for a while. You know what I mean?
3: Exactly. Yeah, things like skipping first base. No, you want to get all yeah. the bases in there.
2: Yeah, 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 yeah. It's good to fumble around. It's good to fumble a little.
3: <laughs> Are you into?
2: Uh, I bet you I know who you, you dig, Olivia Rodrigo, right, and Zendaya.
10: Um, uh, Olivia Rodrigo, she's, like, do you know what the term emo means? That's what I kind of think of.
2: Emo girl, like, emotional like, girl.
10: Yeah, she's, like, one of the, like, her songs are kind of, like, just sad. Like, it's, like, like just yeah. sad. It's, like, not it's, really, like.
2: In other words, like, Olivia not, Rodrigo, in your opinion, is an emo girl, meaning she's just overly emotional. It's a little too much yeah. to handle. Yeah.
10: Yeah. It's like all a lot of her songs are about like pain. Yeah. I mean
2: That's how much pain can, can you be in? She's sixteen.
10: Yeah. Well, I mean, unless you get yeah, her, her you can't be in too much pain. Right. But right.
4: Well. But who
10: do you like? Uh, well, I mean, I, I actually this is very, I mean, to me it's weird, but I used to be I had like a phase for like my whole life until about like two years ago or last year that I I only liked 80s music like the all the 80s raps like Beastie Boys and uh Run DMC. Mm, but
4: like, I like that.
10: Now I'm I've gone into like the new like songs like kind of like rap but like um i I used to only like and my friends would call me weird, but you know those songs were good like mm. like the nineties like a uh, Coolio and those guys
2: nineties you know, was good you 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 could almost be my son because uh <laughs> I would agree with everything you have said so far I mean uh, in the nineties were rocking eighties it was, you know certainly beastie boys were way out of their time. And everything you're saying checks out. Yep, I, I like it. I like, it. I like what you're saying. I like and a lot. Yeah, I like your whole scene. Thank you. All right, Ty, well, Listen. Good luck with that whole party and everything. And thank you. Good luck getting a girlfriend. And um, yeah, it, it all checks out to me. I think you're ready.
10: Thank you. Um, I'm about to get to school, and I have a playoff baseball game today.
2: So, oh, good I'm luck. What do you it. play? You I probably mean, play first base. That's what I played.
10: I I'm a catcher. I'm a starting catcher. Oh. Um, uh, be yeah. careful.
2: But be I'm careful because uh, be careful with that bat near your mouth. You know what I mean? Wear that yeah. thing on your face, the cage.
10: You know, you probably don't, but do you know what the Benjamin School is, a chance? No.
2: No. Maybe. What is
10: that? No, okay. It's my school. My, uh, I don't know. But um, we have our playoff game today. But the last time we played this team, we beat them by it. Like twenty three, so I think
2: oh, we're wow. good. You sure it wasn't football? 23. <laughs> yeah,
4: yeah. They, they kind of were, we were horrible.
2: That? Yeah, they were wow.
4: horrible. <laughs> it was like <laughs> it was twenty five to like three, I
10: think. Wow, are like so we beat them by like twenty two or something, whatever. But
2: yeah, well, yeah. keep keep playing sports. That was the mistake I made. That's why I got all this belly uh, on me because. Uh, I was like, like, if you play sports, you'll probably be really uh, jacked up by the time you're in your twenties, and then you'll be getting tons of girls. You yeah. know what I mean? Because you'll be built.
10: Yeah, you know. I, I'm. I'm training. I go to the gym every morning with my dad.
2: Oh yeah, what and do you bench? Dad.
10: What you? Bench? Oh, I, I, I don't bench a lot. I bench like 85 for 10 reps, but I.
2: 85. It's more than I bench.
10: <laughs> my squatting is. Like I squat one hundred
2: fifty for. Oh my god! You're kidding me. I
10: know. No, I, I, I don't
2: know why I like squatting a lot or doing the. That's awesome. No, for a, for let yeah. me tell you something. If you, um, if you're a catcher, you got to squat. I squatted yes, yesterday. Hi. You know how much weight? You know how much weight I squatted? Two hundred pounds. Nope. Nope. Way off. <laughs> I squatted my body weight, and I barely got through it. <laughs> I held no weights. That's how out of shape I am. It's a nightmare. Uh, I am so not, and my wife's hot, and I'm a mess. So uh, you could imagine. You're, you're Howard Stern. How can you say that? Are you kidding? If you would have told me when I was your age that I would have had a wife like what I got now, I would have thought you were crazy. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, I, mean, it, it, uh, I sometimes I'm like, wow. I,
10: same. But not recently. I've been training, so I want to get to the higher level, I guess.
2: No, well, you'll get there. If you're squatting is 150. is a big position.
10: Man. You must be Thank good. Yeah. My, coach said, my coach said I was looking good to be the varsity catcher.
4: Wow, in two Good. years
2: nice. yeah, that's where we differ. Nobody picked me for any teams i people used to fight <laughs> no, not to have me on their team to you. <laughs> no there's,
4: coach
10: these uh, <laughs> kids got it people. together i have, I have friends who are like people like like not friends or sorry i I know a lot of people who are always the Last or, yeah, I did not, and the last or, um, okay, the last or, like, not even, like, people are like, oh, you can have him, you can have him, no, we don't <laughs> want
2: it. Uh yeah. No, I was yeah. a loser, I was a loser, I'll be honest with you, Ty, I'm not going to make up some, you know, cockamamie story about me being a winner, I, nobody wanted me on their team, but you know what, I showed them, I got older, yeah, yeah, I got famous,
3: yeah, yeah, now you're, them. They still don't want him yeah. on their team, but he is yeah. famous.
2: <laughs> I'll tell you what, Ty. If I was your age, you wouldn't have been friends with me. I'm telling you. That's what a loser I was.
10: But now I, you, you
2: have ton of friends. Oh, my God. I got Robin. Don't ask Fred if you want to call that a friend. <laughs> I mean, I got all kind of friends. Yeah. All right, Ty. I know you got to get to school. What are you yeah. wearing yeah, today?
10: Yeah, I'm at school. Oh, what I have- do you wear to school? We have
2: oh, a uniform. uniform.
10: I'm in a... I'm in a- um, khaki shorts, uh, a belt, and a t uh the dress like collar. But
2: That's your uniform.
10: Uh, yeah, but like it's like it, it looks a lot different than I explained because it has to be all matching and stuff. And if you don't wear the belt, you get like a detention slip. It's really.
2: Let me tell you, you're dumb. a lucky kid. Um, I only wish I could have gone to a school with a uniform because. My mother dressed me so horribly. <laughs> all the other kids would be wearing, like, cool stuff, jeans. You're not, this is what my mother would say to me. You're not wearing jeans. My son dresses every day like he's going to meet the governor. And she put me in slacks with penny loafers. No wonder no one liked me. No, penny loafers and slacks.
10: Like, I would, like, it's not bad because it's all dry fit. The cats' shorts are honestly, like, like
2: kind of cool because they're, like, Yeah, they're things, cool. So if everybody like... wears the same thing, it's cool. My mother goes, you, every kid wore sneakers. I I had to wear penny loafers. She goes, you're not wearing those focaccia sneakers. They're dirty, filthy. They look like rags on your feet. I go, Mom, I'm just trying to fit in. I got no friends, no sneakers, yeah. and no jeans. I look like well, Tiny was... Tim.
10: Thank you. Thank you
2: very uh, much, I, 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 uh, uh, Mr. Stern and
10: Robin. I all right. You have a good day. So. Yeah. Mm. Thank all you, right.
2: guys. All right. Take Thank care. So good luck with everything. All right.
10: Thank you. Thank you. Uh, this kid, Bye. This, kid, this,
2: kid, this kid's a good kid. He's a lucky kid. My, my mom basically put a kick me sign on, me, on the back <laughs> of my shirt. <laughs> and this gets me charged up. All right. I Look.
4: Oh.
3: Well, somebody out there is having a wonderful childhood.
2: Yeah wish I could have had one. Listening to that kid, he sounds like he's got parents who uh, really adore him. They got him yeah. involved in sports and all the things I should have been doing. They actually seem to spend time with him. You seem to enjoy him. Yeah. I bet you when uh, his parents are old, he's not going to resent having to take care of them so much. <laughs> <laughs> not that I do who are you talking about i just what know did somebody I just who oh. oh god yeah my mom's still in the hospital don't ask what's going Jeez.
3: on yeah. so did they find out what was wrong with her or is there
2: yeah i didn't even understand i had to call a doctor last night because i didn't even understand because they use a lot of medical terms but med, sure. i'm just like i don't even understand but now i understand and
3: can it be anyway. fixed? Can this thing be fixed?
2: You know what? I'm not even sure. Yeah, I guess so. I mean her oxygen level's back up, so she's off oxygen and she's okay. And then they were like, Well, we're gonna send her home today. I go do me a favor, keep her another day, please. God please God. <laughs> 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 she loves the hospital now, my
3: mother. She does. Yeah, yeah. She's getting
2: used to there. it. Usually, yeah. people don't want to go to the hospital. She's begging. For no, it. no. She's like, oh, I feel good. I go at home. I don't know if I can take care of myself. I got, I got seventy-five people watching you. What do you mean you can't take care of yourself? <laughs> Just like the hospital. What's the yeah. difference? Yeah, I mean, I basically set up a hospital in your home. Why can't you take care of yourself? Like running a summer camp for her, and I'm the I'm the I'm, 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 I'm the head counselor. yes sherry what is it sherry in kentucky lovely kentucky beautiful part of the country yes sherry
12: thank you um yeah i've been wanting to call you because your mom has uh what's called long covid i think so and yeah and there is some things that you can do to help her One important thing is to know that our digestive system will randomly shut down. So eating three meals a day is going to make her super miserable.
4: Another
2: thing
12: is to change. Yeah.
2: Another thing is what to change? What?
12: Change her diet. We cannot eat a lot of food. No fried foods, no spicy foods, no dairy, low Listen sugar, low Listen. gluten. Listen, Sherry,
2: Sherry, in theory, what you're saying is lovely. I got a woman on my yeah. hand. She won't eat anything. Then yeah, if I get her to eat something. Her- no, she doesn't care. She's going to, if I say to her, mm-hmm. Mom, we're changing your diet, no dairy. Leave they me don't alone. Her. Don't you tell there's- me. Got out. Yeah, She's 94 years old. If she, the other day, I got her to eat ice cream. My, I didn't get her to eat ice cream. My daughter no, got her to eat ice cream. that's dairy. That's It dairy. doesn't that's matter. So She's 94. Dairy. 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 Sherry, leave me alone, will you? Sherry, you come and take care of her. You Yeah, feed. yeah, yeah. I'll <laughs> fly in from Kentucky. You could sit there with her all day and tell her, don't eat dairy. She'll we'll be, be like, alone. fine, I don't want to hey, eat let anything. Leave me alone. Let me if I be, get my mother, If I get my mother to eat now, something, it can, it's it a can victory. It could
12: really help her. It could really yeah, help you, no, her. I understand, but I'm
2: dealing... I'm dealing with a woman. Doesn't care. She's like, "That's it. I'm ready to right. go home." You know what she means by that? I'm ready to no, go. No, I home.
12: get it. I'm at 872 yeah, days, and I'm 51, and yeah, but I've you still many want to live? Conversations with God. No, I don't. I'm done. You don't want to live.
2: You don't want to live, Sherry. Hello. Sorry, Sherry. Are you there? No, I'm here. I'm what? here. I'm
12: tell- it's just it's a uh, very emotional. It's overwhelming. Can you hear me?
2: Yeah, now I can. What happened? Are you crying? Yeah.
12: Um, it's a little emotional, yeah. I mean, I was super healthy and um, I'm completely independent. And now I am completely dependent.
2: Can I tell you something? I'm trying to, yeah, sure. I'm so glad you called because these wackadoodles that I know are all pretending like COVID's over. No. And you hear, not. I bet you were vaccinated too, right, Sherry?
12: Yeah, as soon as I could, you yeah. know. But like, um, I've had this since 2019. So I know how your mom feels when people are like, well, your tests are normal. There's nothing wrong with you. But you feel like essentially what it feels like is when you're super sick, like you have the flu. And you feel like you have like maybe three days, two or three days left, but those two or three days never come. right. so you're you're super heavy. Just to take a shower will take me out for the day. Like It's yeah, so funny and I by tell the way. How Howard used to say, his mom does one thing a day. I'm like, "Oh my God, that's me.
2: Well, Sherry, I just read an article about a woman same age as you. Kind of like a, a superior athlete, ran every day, did yeah. yoga, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. If you read the article in the New York Times, and, and, and this is what people are going through. Not everyone, but if yeah. you're not among the lucky, well. you can, you can end up like this.
12: Because I was healthy, the only things that I have are menopause, IBS, and arthritis. So those are my issues. If you're not healthy, then it'll bring out what is your unhealthiness, whether it's diabetes, lung issues, whatever. Um, It lives, it attacks the vagus nerve. Did you know that?
2: Uh, Yeah, I knew that.
12: <laughs> I've yeah. been to Vegas. And, yeah, and, <laughs> I
2: think you mean the Vega nerve.
12: V a g u s.
2: Hey, Sherry. Hey, okay. Sherry. Hold on a Google second. That. Just Sherry. Hold on a second. I got to tell some Elaine from yesterday. Hey, yeah, dickhead! Do you hear? Do you yeah. hear this woman? Do you hear this woman on what the phone? You You're the guy telling me there's no COVID. What do you? Why don't you tell her that? Okay,
1: so I'm not. I didn't say there wasn't a COVID. I'm saying that the jab's not working, and I'll tell you why. I'll tell you a real quick story, and then I'll let you know. It go. is
12: working. That's wo- like it is working. Everybody who would be dead. Yep. It keeps no, them it out of the right. hospital. Anyway, no, Howard, Jeff- another thing to know is that this kind of, it it hides in your fat. That's a theory that just came out from the EU, which is um, why it so hides in your, for fat? your body to Yeah, that's a theory that just came Uh out because they're trying to figure out why we can't get it, why our body can't attack it, you know. Mm, It's hiding in your fat. In in the brain. Yeah. So it makes everything just super weird. Like, I have episodes sometimes that'll just randomly come, and I can't walk or talk.
2: Do you see, Lane? That's what I was telling you yesterday. You need to have the shot. You've got to stop, playing well, with all this nonsense.
4: Yeah.
2: Like,
12: I, I have, I've had friends that have said, oh, I got it, and it was no big deal. I said, you know what? I had cancer before. It was no big deal. Right. I just had it. stepped out. No big deal. I don't know what everybody's going on about cancer.
2: Right, like, right, right. Yeah. Not, not everyone's the same. different. Excuse me, Shari, for one minute. Quiet down for a sec. Lane, do you yes. get it? Yes. No, so I hear, right. That's
1: fine. I'm just saying you guys got to open up to both sides. Now, I'll just tell you a real quick story. No, I don't. Um, no, you should. So I've had 750. I'm a pipeline consultant up in Alberta. we put together a pipeline. Last summer, in the heat of it all, I had over 1,000 people come through my office. It's mandatory to wear a mask, so we all did. And according to you yesterday, if you wear a mask, you're safe. Yep. You That's with- right. Okay. Yep. So everybody had to wear a mask inside and we did. A thousand people came through my office and that's the first time that I got COVID. I, like, okay. I, said, I had to isolate for 10 he days. Number one, days awesome. number
2: one, number one, Lane, agree. hold on a second with that story because I can't let you put out bullshit. First I'm of not. all, first of all, I see the way people wear masks. I They end up down around their, their lips. They don't even have them around their nose. And that's number masks one. Some
3: are more effective than others.
2: And secondly, you know as well as I do, after you use the mask, you got to wash your hands when you take it off because then you touch your face after you take it off. So there's a lot that can go wrong if I you know. don't follow I protocol. It. You know that. Okay,
1: the Okay, so we had 1,000 people come through my office. I got it, whatever. Yeah. We had four guys in the pickup. Now, it's our policy when we're going out to the right of way to turn, uh, roll the window down 25% to allow Good. air flow. So four guys are in a truck. Two guys were double-jabbed. Two guys were not. Guess who got okay. COVID? Two out of the four did. And the two guys that were double-vaccinated got COVID. One of them ended up in the hospital. So explain of course, that they didn't get it the,
2: I'll explain it to you they perfectly. Got it somewhere else. I'll explain it. The, the 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 vaccine, I don't know why people don't understand this. The vaccine doesn't prevent you from getting COVID. Well, that's what Biden said in the first is first no speech, no no, speech, no. It, Biden it, is not a doctor and, and he page. never said that but he page. said it's it, it will wrong. help you if you get it, it can mitigate the symptoms. That's it. I don't okay. know what you don't get. So, All right, I, I got to well. get out of there, Sherry. I wish you well. I'm sorry you're going through hell. You, I understand. Howard. Thank you, Sherry, and thank you,
3: listen. This Good guy doesn't realize he mm-hmm. doesn't know where they got COVID before they ever got in that truck. They could have been exposed to COVID.
2: Right, right, uh, right. Sherry. Uh, God bless you. Thank you, and I hope you'll be okay. You too. All right, thanks, Howard. All right, that's Bye. Sherry over in Kentucky who's having a hard. Bye, heart. Sherry. Yeah. Ooh. That guy, Lane, is so annoying. Lane Both thinks
3: he day. knows something. He, They were in the truck.
2: Therefore, the masks don't they, work. They
3: got, yeah, that's right.
2: I know a couple of docs that work in the ER. They never got COVID. They were around it 24-7. They wore their mask and they washed their hands. And vaccines generally put you at a lower risk for acute outcomes like hospitalization. And helps to reduce long-term symptoms. It's not a. It's uh, you not, know the flu vaccine. It's not going gonna...
3: to. As somebody pointed out the other day, the flu vaccine has been around for a long time. You can still get the flu after getting the flu vaccine, but it's probably not going to put you in the hospital. That's right. It's the same deal. Right. But they act like this COVID vaccine. Should be perfect.
2: Hey, anyway, I was telling you at the start of the show, I'm enjoying the uh, I was enjoying the Will Smith uh, uh, slap because everyone was weighing in on it. You were talking about how you, uh, of course, uh, have been listening to uh, the various broadcasts about it but uh i I wanted to keep it going because it was so much fun to talk about and have an opinion rather about than this and,
3: stuff yeah
2: yeah and 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 somehow we got into this stuff, which i I wanted to avoid, but uh um,
3: by the way, I saw Willow on the Saturday night live performance.
2: she's some musician there, she's good, she's good, she's a talented kid, but th- let's not get too positive let's let's talk about the slap and what other comedians <laughs> are saying about the slap that's the fun part. All right. So here I have some tape for you. Here's Chris Rock's brother Tony. He did a stand-up set in Raleigh, Raleigh, uh, North Carolina, and uh, it started off like this. Let's
9: set some ground rules right now, y'all. Let's set some ground rules. If I say anything tonight, anybody got a fucking
8: problem with? You got one motherfucking option: what you could do about it. Absolutely nothing. Cause if you think you're gonna walk up on this stage,
4: this ain't the motherfucking Oscars.
9: And if you walk your ass up here, you ain't nominated for shit with these motherfucking hands.
2: Why you
9: wanna start the show like that? You wanna hit my motherfucking brother?
7: Cause your bitch gave you a side eye?
2: Big crowd turning out for Tony Rock. The whole Rock family is hot right now. I don't know. If
3: oh, you, yes. If you've got a rock in your name, you probably can sell a ticket to something.
2: Did you know there are seven Rock brothers and one Rock sister? Did you know? I that? didn't I, know
3: the family was that large uh, until I had this no idea. Happened.
2: Yeah. The brothers are Chris, of course, who we all know, Tony, Charles, Kenny, Andre, Jordan and Brian. And the sister's name is Andy. There's a whole...
3: They finally said, just give her a boy's name, too? Is that what
2: <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah, I, I mean, Andy A-N-D-I. I, 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 thank God I don't have a sibling in radio. It's just me. But uh, I think the whole family's in comedy. I don't... Even the mom. But, um... Uh, so, I'm just trying to play you some reactions from comedians to the slap so we can keep this whole thing going. Nobody wants it to go away. Um, and you know my feelings on it. I believe that uh, uh, uh Chris Rock was assaulted that night, and he should have been, ar- and, and and Will Smith should have been arrested. But okay, that's my feeling. I mean, my God, what is the big deal? It's Look, assaulted. the
3: man has been punished, Howard. He can't go to the Oscar ceremony for ten years.
2: Yeah, that's horrible. That's maybe <laughs> too strong a fate. I thought jail would be appropriate. Not, not being able to go to the Oscars, not comedian to the Oscars. I like this guy. I don't know him, but comedian Eric Griffin went on stage to point out how Chris's G.I. Jane joke wasn't that harsh. I agree. Listen to this. The way
1: people
9: are talking about this shit, they act like Chris Rock came out and he was like, you old ugly bald bitch. That's how people talking about this little innocuous dad joke that he did. That was like a pull my finger joke. And this motherfucker went crazy. But she has a medical condition.
5: A medical condition? Like the bitch was on a ventilator. And she had an IV drip in the front row. And she was like...
4: <laughs> and Chris Rock was like, oh,
5: look at this
4: sick, bald bitch.
2: Ha, ha, ha. That's great. He's good. Eric Griffin. Oh, he's a frequent guest on the uh, wrap-up show. Uh, John, you know him, huh? John and Gary know him. Yeah, he's great. Funny, funny dude. Funny dude. Hit him with the hind! A great little uh, wrap-on the whole thing. Hmm. Uh, oh, this guy I like, Gerard Carmichael, he's gonna come on the show. This is the comedian I was telling you about. He does a special on uh, Netflix. He came out in front of an audience, came out uh, as gay. It's fabulous. Uh, well, he, uh, this was, let's see what he did. Yeah, this is from his monologue on Saturday Night Live.
9: Yeah, it's been it six, good.
2: You saw this, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's been six days. <laughs>
9: Six days. This
1: happened a week ago. <laughs> doesn't it feel like it happened years ago? Like, doesn't it feel like it happened when we were all in high school? <laughs> like, it feels like it happened somewhere between Jamiroquai and 9-11. Like,
4: somewhere.
2: That's good stuff. Colin Jost and Michael Che went after Will during Weekend Update too. You don't want to fuck over a comedian because the other comedians will then rip you in the That's right.
3: Every other comedian's going to be yeah. weighing in.
9: Intelligence officials are saying that Vladimir Putin is being misinformed by his advisors about how badly the Russian military is performing in Ukraine, which is kind of like Will Smith's agent telling him, You crushed it at the Oscars. <laughs> Understand where Will's coming from? I mean, you can't expect him to sit there and watch another man jump all over his wife without signing an NDA. <laughs> also, can we stop pretending everybody knew Jada had alopecia? I mean, as much as we heard about Jada and Will's personal lives, you can't expect us to retain everything. It's like Kanye saying, don't act like y'all ain't know I had psoriasis. <laughs> Especially as a comedian, I'm tired of people putting their own insecurities on our joke intentions. I mean, I can't make a joke about it being cold outside without somebody yelling back, stop making fun of my small penis. Keep my
2: small (laughs)
9: penis.
2: (laughs) Out your mouth. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, please. please. (laughs) And then people were roasting Will and Jada on their podcast, too. Andrew Schultz. Roasted Will on his podcast, Flagrant 2, and didn't hold back at all. Yeah, Here see,
3: this is what I'm talking about, all the podcast stuff.
2: Yeah. Okay. Last night, Will Smith looked like he was from the streets of Philadelphia,
1: and Jada looked like she was from the movie. Now, <laughs> <laughs> after all that drama, Will Smith still took home an Oscar. I'm talking about the award. Not a Mexican guy to fuck his wife while he watched in the oh, corner. of face. You got a wow. <laughs> Will, nice. let this be a lesson to you. If you want to keep your wife's name out of other people's mouths, make sure to keep your hands off comedians.
2: Yeah. <laughs> and the guy wore a suit of armor through the whole bit just to protect himself. Right. Yeah. Uh, there's also a ton of musical remixes of the fight and the Oscars. And this one is this one has almost 3 million views on TikTok. And 4,000 people have made their own videos using this sound from the uh, Oscars. This is called the uh, TikTok Slappy Mix.
1: My wife's name. Will
8: Smith just smacked the shit out of me. Ooh, 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 ooh. Wow, dude. Jada, I love you. All right. Jada, I love you. Uh-oh. Jada, I love you. Yeah, I can't
1: wait to see
2: it. All right? Man, a lot of energy in that song. In fact, our own staff, Robin, made a song. We made an original song using clips from Will Will's um, a crazy slap. Here we are, original song, Robin. Oh
4: wow! Keep my fight name out your fucking mouth. Wow! Keep
1: my fight name out your fucking mouth. Wow, dude, Will Smith just smacked the shit out of me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow! Will Smith just smacked the shit out of me.
9: Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. Wow!
13: It was a GI Jane jump, greatest night in
2: the history. (laughs) We got to get to work on our own song, but. Uh, but here's the point. Chris Rock's line about G.I. Jane was a throwaway line. No one would even think about it. No one would care about it. From what I understand,
3: it wasn't even in the remarks he rehearsed. That's right. You know, had done a rehearsal earlier in the day, and this was just looking out at the audience and going, oh, there's some people, and what does it remind me of? So it wasn't well, you know, he didn't sit around pondering it for hours.
2: No, but Will Smith had to respond to it. Now they're like, I mean, they banned him from the Oscars, but I also think his future movies could be in question.
3: Well, there Just, uh, is some activity there. You know, there were yeah. supposed to be plans for a Bad Boys 4 or something, and a couple of other uh, projects have been sort of slowed down. People are wondering how people will react to Will Smith from now on. So things have slowed down over at whatever that company's name is that now only has Red Table Talk to uh, carry the banner.
2: Yeah. Well, I've noticed with people, they don't seem to give a shit. Like uh, Mel Gibson's back making movies. Well, it took a couple
3: of years. I'm, I'm just saying he didn't jump right back into the movies.
2: Yeah. open the door see who it is it's uh tom arnold very famous tom arnold uh who uh is uh we used to be married to roseanne and uh he's here to just say hello it's it's a pleasure great seeing you i didn't know you.
9: yeah were what's by. he doing here today what are you Howard. doing here Hey. Hi Robin. Uh hi, hi Howard. I actually was hoping to have this uh uh conversation with you off the air, but apparently you don't like to talk privately. Uh so I you're, don't you're,
2: I don't. I don't mind listen, I hey, I don't mind having a conversation with you on the air. Whatever you got to say, you can say to me directly. I don't care. Well, I didn't want to say
9: this in front of your audience. Uh again, this should be a private conversation, but I'm I'm coming to you as a friend, okay? <laughs> and, okay uh only a friend can tell you uh that listening to your show yeah. it's very clear to me you're a fucking sex addict man and you are having a uh, crisis wait it. hold friend. it
2: what that's your but wait yeah. that seems like your move yeah. like you tell people they're addicts and then uh you 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 try to become their uh you know yeah i, I love you man but you, you he you, wants you, to
3: be uh, your sponsor that's uh, a ter, well, yeah. It's a Robert, terrible accusation.
2: Right. Come on, I mean. What, do, by me, the okay. way, did you How? just did you just run a marathon? You sound like you're out of breath.
9: <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. I, I've been clean <laughs> sober <Yeah>. uh for <laughs> right. many years, and uh, <laughs> it's
3: I, like I you run sex- from the drugs, Tom. Yeah. Yeah. It's I'm not yeah. out of breath.
2: <laughs> if he stops Bye-bye. running, he, he's going to be in big trouble. I, I'm not Bye. a sex addict, my friend. Uh, I don't believe. I mean, okay. you know, I'm a, I mean, what would even
9: make you say that? Well, okay, Robin, hear me. Okay, Howard, uh, so you've been talking about sex more <laughs> uh, hang on a second. I know, yeah. I know, I, I get out of breath. My sponsor uh, always tells me I should work on my uh, breathing. Are you guys fans of the Eagles? Uh, that's my yeah, sponsor. The whole band. <laughs> the, whole band. Anyway, so, the, whole, yeah. the whole band. Yeah. The, okay. Right. So uh, anyways, Howard, you've been talking about sex more than ever. You're having, uh, employees masturbate on hats. You're humping right. back to the point of injury and you're, obsessed with uh, uh, stepmom porn. Do you, do you think it's healthy
2: to spend an entire weekend cranking your shaft? Well, first of all, let me stop you because I'm going to answer your accusations. A couple of those things are true. Yeah. But the one that is not true is I did not masturbate. In fact, I didn't masturbate this weekend at all. So there you go. What can okay. I say? Okay. Uh, uh- Half the weekend, whatever, and we've
9: all been there. Okay, listen. Repeat after me, because I'm, okay. I'm, I'm going to help you, Howard. And again, I wanted this to be a private conversation. But right. uh repeat after me. I'm Howard Stern, and I'm a I'm sex Howard addict. Stern. I want you and to I'm say a, that
2: I'm not a sex addict. I mean, I don't <laughs> think I. I think I have a normal libido. I, I mean, I'm interested in sex. I love the the weirdness of sex. I love hearing Ronnie talk about sex, but I don't think I'm a. That's I have. I'm in a marriage. Twenty five. Uh well I'm I'm with the same woman 25 years you, you know I mean uh, I mean yeah. don't Howard- sex
3: addicts like cheat because they have to have sex so much what do you t- Howard doesn't even have to leave the house a sex addict could never stay uh closeted like Howard has
2: during that's right. That's right. right that's right that's <laughs> but right but
9: Howard Howard the first first step the first step is admitting that you're powerless <laughs> over online <laughs> porn okay
2: especially especially
9: wait a second because let's be I honest don't have butt butt stuff, stuff yeah the butt butt, that's the best I, no that's in fact
2: I, I i don't watch butt stuff i do not like to see por- i i appreciate what you're doing tom i really do but i don't have a porn problem i mean i do watch it but i don't think i have a problem hey, listen howard i've been there okay i was in denial all
9: right it was like kidding I, all right i'm gonna come well, how clean I mean, again howard's life affected poorly by by his activity i relate to it robin I'm, I'm gonna make a confession when i was married to rosie remember i was married to uh, yeah yeah, rosie? yeah. okay yeah, 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 yeah. um yeah just awful bitch and uh i oh. wore out <laughs> I, I shouldn't oh, say that it. i know i should no, i shouldn't right, say that out loud i know but uh i'm sorry rosie the checks are still coming on time and i love you oh, uh, stop so, it. i know that go ahead yeah all right so anyways uh when i was married to her i wore out Three mouse pads during that marriage, and I was on dial up. I mean, that, well, oh. uh, that's your,
2: that's your, that's your problem. I, I'm not a sex addict. And, uh,
9: which is exactly uh, what a sex addict would say. Okay. The dial <laughs> is not a river in Egypt, my friend. I want you to close your laptop. I want you to open your heart up to God. Okay. Only a power uh, greater than yourself can tear uh, you away from Pornhub. God does not direct uh,
2: you to ex hamster buddy. I don't even know what ex-hamster is in and, uh, and I'm good. Tom, Tom, I love hearing from you. I don't have a problem.
3: Well, I it. mean, I, I, I make... Tom acts as if you're masturbating yeah. all the time. I mean,
2: I'm not. He really I,
3: has I, a bad picture.
2: I haven't <laughs> masturbated <laughs> once during this conversation. <laughs> well, you gotta, well, you gotta put the lube down and pick up a
9: bile. <laughs> Listen, I know the drill, Howard. You promise yourself. I'll check out one more video, right? And then uh, next thing you know, you're booking guests with two vaginas. Next thing you know, you're growing. You wish you could grow two dicks, right? And then right. eight hours later, you're out of lotion. Your cock is a bloody pulp, and your kids are pounding on the bathroom door saying, "Daddy, we miss you." All the pets are dead. Hey, this sounds like TV. your
2: life. I, 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 you need help, not me. Uh, yeah. Okay. All right. What about Beth? What What, what would she say if she saw you? She'd say thanks because every time I beat off, it's one less time I climb on top of her. What do you think of that? All right. Now you're, you're deflecting, uh, with comedy
9: and I, I respect that as a comedian. I know that move, but you need to get help, buddy. All right. I
2: love you, man. Thank you for, thank you for, uh, knocking on my door.
3: He'll, he'll take it under consideration. (laughs)
2: Right. Last time we did that, everyone thought it was real Tom Arnold.
3: I know. know. It caught me. I thought Tom was having a problem. He called to tell you (laughs) you were a drug addict that time, I think.
2: (laughs) Seems every time he calls, I have another problem. But uh, (laughs) but uh, there you go. Not the real Tom, but as close as you can get. Yeah. Toby, you're on the air. Toby in Colorado.
14: Hi, I, um, well, hey now, um,
2: and
14: hey I hey mentioned how I come to the gym sometimes and I notice that there are guys kind of wearing these tighter shorts or like, kind of I don't know, these thinner sweatpants that really draw attention to their like package. And like, I don't I mean, not that it's a bad thing. It just kind of gives me like this, I don't know, my mind just wonders like you know all this they're
2: i don't know i don't it is a bad thing i mean first of all when dudes like show off their package i know what you're talking about the type of shorts at the gym everyone is like staring at them like like put on a pair people like put on a pair of shorts over your shorts
14: (laughs) and it's not it's not necessarily like it might be what men look at when too like maybe a woman's wearing like a a bra like a sports bra or tight top pants or whatever but no they're not think, hating on as a you're woman, you're right they think
2: more, they they yeah. think they're going to get laid if they show off they have a big package somehow and Do women you think? women yeah but women don't respond the way the same way as men you know yeah, it, that's it's silly true.
14: not like i want to like fuck him but i'm kind of just wondering like what's going on under there
2: well, I'll tell you, you can also be tricked because uh, I've always gone to the gym with two socks in my in my
14: uh, in my tight shorts. Oh, I, I was going to ask what do you wear when you work out. So
2: people thought people thought I had a tumor down there. It was
14: so <laughs>
2: gorged. <laughs> what can I tell you? What do I wear? Forget what I wear. I I um I look horrible in the gym. I I don't like going to the gym for that reason. I I do not look good. I when I would go to the gym before COVID, I went to a gym that was very private. Most most guys who are in shape will go to a gym where they can show off their physique. I went to a gym where, you know, there were three members. That that's the way to go. The best thing you can do. Yes, Mark, you're on in Texas. This is Mark from Texas. Go ahead. Hey now. Hey now. Hey now.
0: Uh was I wasn't sure how we were going to transition from the uh, the little boy through the vaccine to this. But I'll tell you the story. I think it ties in. Uh, so my wife got vaccinated. That uh, booster shot. And it was her birthday. Uh, and I got her a squirt blanket. A squirt blanket. It's a nice plush blanket. looks like a normal blanket that you put on the bed. And it was the first time she let me put it in her ass on the blanket. And then she squirted all over the blanket. I uh, said, so the first time she ever squirted, I asked her why. She said, well, I was just never comfortable getting the bed soaking wet. So this blanket opened up her comfort level and the faucet turned on. So I would highly suggest the vaccination apparently leads to <laughs> squirting. And if you're going to squirt then put the blanket down, make her comfortable. You just wrap up the blanket, doesn't All get your right. bed wet. And she was ready right. to go to bed.
2: Thank you, Mark. Uh, appreciate that uh, little Squirt anecdote. Blanket. Squirt blanket is the move, evidently.
0: I wonder
3: where you get
2: one of them. Well, first of all, it <laughs> sounds like he bought her a tarp, not a blanket.
3: Yeah, right.
2: <laughs> um, what Mark he just is went claiming? To Home Depot. <laughs> if you couldn't follow Mark's monotone, I believe what he was saying because I'm paid to listen uh, very, 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 uh, you know, deeply and succinctly. I must uh, interpret what Mark was saying. I think in his drone, he was saying that he went out. And bought some sort of blanket that his wife would feel comfortable enough to squirt on. And when she was on it, the the floodgates opened. Now, I've seen squirting videos and things. It's it's women urinating. And so his wife felt comfortable to his take a piss right in the, the bed. bed. Yeah. She peed the bed. And he's all turned on by it. With the squirting. Uh, I mean, I find it gross. I've seen videos. I will not watch them. I find it just too graphic and too disgusting and I, i'm not turned on by a woman urinating i don't know i'm very very traditional i really am uh what can i tell you uh, brian you're on in new york and uh, oh, by the way molly shannon will be on she has a fascinating book out i read it and i said i gotta have her on because jesus christ her life i had no idea uh what what the hell happened with her, her life and uh, i'm fascinated by it and i do want to talk to her about it but brian go ahead you have the uh, you have the uh, good morning the, hey the, how you how are. you doing? Yeah. uh yeah so i just wanted to call
13: get a little bite i mean right now i'm currently in the middle of a divorce going through mediation and stuff like that my wife had an affair and i, I just you know during covid
2: wait uh, a second hold on, stop a second I'm having a hard time understanding. Is he why, talking are you... to us through a cup
3: and a string? I, I swear
2: <laughs> that's what it sounds like. Why don't you pick up the oh, no. pick up the no, phone? God. You sound like you're on a speaker or you're on some headset.
13: Yeah, no. I'm in the process of driving, that's why. So I'm Yeah, driver. well forget
2: it. Pull over to side of the road if you want to talk to me. Now I can hear
13: Yeah, you. no. Yeah, there you go. No. So yeah, so my wife had a divorce uh, my, my wife had an affair. I'm currently in the middle of the divorce deviation. Uh, and nonetheless, she had this affair during COVID. So, uh, and we have a little girl. Uh, I tried to solve this, you know, to you know save this marriage and stuff like that, but it just wasn't happening. Um, so I was just asking advice as far as mediation and lawyer stuff. Um, personally, I feel going to court would probably benefit me, but I'm trying not to drag it along. So I was just asking what you thought about the
2: you see, this is such a loaded question, Brian, because I don't know, I know. your financial situation, and I, I don't mean, know I'm how not... much you love your wife, and, like, are you heartbroken, or are you kind of glad to get rid of her?
13: At this point, I'm done. I mean, I did what I could. I mean, financially, she does a little bit better than me, uh, but I do okay. I mean, we're not wealthy, working-class people. Um, I mean, the most of the reason why I was trying to, you know, work this out is because we have a little five-year-old.
2: Right.
4: Uh,
13: you know, just what of them bought a house a few years ago like daughter, I did daughter
2: Is she house, hot, you know, your wife?
13: She's okay, you know. She's not the greatest in the world. She's not the ugliest in the world. She's no, right. she's attractive one. You know how women, one minute they're attractive, the next minute they're not. Uh, you know, but uh, Is she overweight? Know, was, she's put on some weight. She's lost some weight. She's put it on. When she had the affair, she lost a lot of weight. And I knew it was going on, mm. but I kind of denied it myself. I was a idiot. Uh, you know, How'd you was
2: catch so, her? How'd you catch your
13: wife? Oh, oh I, caught well, for Christmas, I bought my daughter an iPad, and she synced it to her phone. Now, I knew prior that, something was going on. I saw the signs for that. Um, and then when she synced it um, to the iPad and everything else synced up, I thought I had a little Kindle, you know, emails popped up. So I saw these emails, and it was from an adult website called Adult Friend Finder, and I busted it. I mean, I didn't have, like, I knew something was going on prior to, and then it happened on Christmas Day, mind you, Okay. So I went to the website, saw her. I logged in, I saw her kid, um and then I didn't say nothing for a day or two. Because I didn't want to blow up on holidays. Uh and then I was, I, you know, know I, I
2: I want to continue this conversation, but it's hard to follow with your phone connection, honestly. Brian. I apologize. I apologize. I'm gonna, I apologize. I, yeah, yeah. So I'm gonna hang up. Don't don't take it the wrong way. I don't want to no. divorce you like your wife is doing. But uh, no, no, no,
13: no, no. Well, yeah, I will mean, pull over right now. If you have a second, I'm gonna pull over right now.
2: Right so uh, it's better? okay. Uh, you, you listen, here's the bottom line. Here's the bottom line. I don't know your situation. If your wife makes more money than you, yeah, you know, if it's a little more money, and then you go to that's court, it's going to cost you a fortune with a lawyer and I know. all that. See if you can get out of it. And uh, well, that's, what, your, I'm there you that's go. what I'm you doing. That's I mean, what I'm doing. You know what? Mediation mediation is a great way to go in my opinion if you can work it out with your ex-wife and then you move on with your life now look all depends on your options too does she want to get back together with you no right no no she's done with you yeah yeah. she's already fucking other right guys that's it it's over mm-hmm. all right so it sounds like you got your head screwed on straight and uh have you gotten late since uh she left you um, well, we've been cohabitating, but I've been able to, I,
13: getting late is not my problem. I can get, I'm oh. a good looking guy, I'm in good shape, so it's not that, I mean, I've met plenty of women, um, on and off, I have a friend. Can I give I you, to go to can I else, give
2: you some so. advice? Get this yeah. thing called, uh, um, it's a boot, it's a, it's a blanket, where girls <laughs> can squirt it. on. <laughs> yeah, squirt get that yeah, and have a
13: good yeah, life. yeah, 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 I ordered it the yeah, other yeah, day, yeah, yeah. I
0: got so squirt. On, get- yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so, I so squirt, so squirt. All right. Yeah. Thanks, ask, Can I ask all you
13: right. one more thing before you cut me off? Yeah, go um, ahead. The Debbie, the the, the lady. Um, yeah. I listen to this all the time. It drives me fucking nuts. If she's ever in New York, can I give you my info? Let her call me. I live in the sure. uh, Hudson Valley area. I would love to shoot tons of loads on her because I don't get my sex regularly. Um, yeah.
2: I Um, could hook you up. I I mean, I don't know. Listen, she's rarely in New York. You have never
3: stepped up and said you would hook somebody up. uh,
2: Maybe I shouldn't. You're right. You're right. Robin's the voice of reason. No, (laughs) Robin just put the buzzkill on and she's right. Uh, No, forget it. I can't. I can't. I don't want to be responsible Uh if something goes wrong. Robin's right. right. She's the voice of reason. Forget it, Brian. Go find your own Uh, Debbie, the cum lady, and get yourself (laughs) a squirt blanket and leave me alone. All right. Get out of here man. He didn't need any help. He go, I'm a good looking guy. I could get. I don't have any
3: problem. Can you give me no, the Debbie the Come Lady?
2: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. For a guy who has uh, no problem getting laid, he just jumped to Debbie the <laughs> Come Lady real fast. Uh, I know a lot of guys who have no problem getting laid. They ain't looking for Debbie the Come Lady's number. <laughs> I'll tell you, I'll give you Fred's number though. There's somebody who uh, really knows how to get me off. <laughs> a lot of days I couldn't get going. I'm telling you. Well, uh, there you go. All right. I'm going to take a break. When we come back, I'll uh, introduce you guys to <coughs> Molly Shannon. She'll be my guest today. Yeah, and, I'm very
3: anxious uh, to uh, hear this conversation because I heard a little bit about her early life. And yeah. I said, wow, you would never know, um, you know, what I don't, people have gone through to become funny people.
2: I don't read a lot of books. But the ones I seem to read are comedians and musicians. Uh-huh. Other than and now, I'm a little bit into self-help for people who throw all their stuff out. Minimalists, uh, <laughs> I like that. But uh, the book is called "Hello, Molly," and I buzzed through it pretty quick because uh, it was compelling. And she had a most fucked up life. I'm angry. I'm angrier about her life than she is, which is really
3: weird. right. Yeah, she because she seems to have a good
2: handle My, uh, on things. Yeah, I don't buy it. I <laughs> believe she should be a hell of a lot angrier. I think she's a little too even keeled, honestly. Oh, and I will my. talk to her about it. I don't know what psychiatrist she's going to, but she um, she needs to get angry. Wh- um, what would that do for her, Howard? Well, she's got to get real with it. She's it's all building up inside of her like a volcano.
3: You think that, or has she resolved it? I mean, there right. are these two possibilities.
2: Yeah. Well, anyway, we'll talk to Molly and find Robin, out. And, um, find out everything, but. Yeah. Uh, but it's a very good book i do recommend it and we'll be back right after these uh, so molly shannon certainly most well known from saturday night live and other appearances but um, wrote a book about her life and there look she? at you there you are Hi, molly shannon Hi, Robin. <laughs>
15: Hi.
2: this I'm is exciting so good
15: to see you. Oh, i'm so excited to be here you don't yeah. know
2: isn't it uh, weird promoting a book? I mean, I've done it a couple of times, and you know, you want to get the word to people about how I like that. I'm interviewing you about your book, and my book is prominently sitting right, yeah, right? Yeah, 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 yeah,
4: Yeah, I love that. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> what a narcissist I am! <laughs> my, my book is there, but but it, it is so hard promoting a book because it the book really is good. I read the whole thing, and, and oh my gosh, and yeah, and, thank and, you, and, Howard. And, yeah, but you want to get people to read it, and, yeah. It's so heavy. I
15: I was listening to you talking to Dave Grohl about promoting it. And you were like, oh, don't overwork it. You know, because he was saying he's turning the thing into like a whole show. And I have that same tendency because I did this symphony space event last night. And I was like, I got so nervous. Like, are they expecting a big comedy show? I got to really give them a lot, you know?
2: Yeah. Yeah. It's hard. It's hard promoting a book. You know, first of all, you pour your heart out in this thing, which was unbelievable. But I, you know. the the thing that drove me crazy is this stuff with your father okay because i feel like you're in denial in some way your Mm -hmm. father did the most monstrous thing Mm -hmm. but then i think about you were a little girl and you needed a father right you know what i mean Mm -hmm. and it's like so like of course you had to love your dad it's all you had yeah well it's a confusing life and i mean in a way, I'm almost glad I didn't know all this horrible stuff that happened to you in your life mm-hmm. when you were on Saturday Night Live because I loved you on Saturday Night Live and I would have felt sad in a way. For Aww. a comedian, it's sometimes it's hard to know the sadness behind somebody's life. You know what yeah. I mean?
15: Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think, um, I do know what you mean. And I, I think the book gives uh, like a context to some of the work and, um, that type of thing, but. Yeah, I, I understand how you s- see things.
2: I guess the question is, how do you not hate your father? And and I'll, I'll tell people what happened. Oh, sure, sure. So when Molly was a little girl, nine years old, I get four. this wrong. Four. Oh, excuse me, four, right? Yeah, yeah. Four years old. She's with her dad, her mom in the car, her two sisters and her cousin. Everyone's in the car. Mm-hmm. And the most horrible thing happened. Dad was loaded. Mm-hmm. He was drunk driving. He kills. Uh, the, the car accident happens. You get screwed up. Your One of your sisters dies. You lost mm-hmm. your little sister. Mm-hmm. Your older sister and you were in the hospital. And mm-hmm. your mom dies. Mm-hmm. You see your mom die. On Basically the last thing you heard her say is, where are my girls? Mm-hmm. She dies. And your older cousin, mm-hmm. who uh, you loved and adored, was killed as well. Mm-hmm. I can't think what is worse for a four-year-old to see their mother die. Mm-hmm. And yet, it's like a very strange thing that like, dad never apologized for it. No one called him out for it. You even describe his uh, sister takes him in afterwards and takes care of him. And mm-hmm. he's just killed his her her daughter, mm-hmm. her cousin. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's like he never paid the consequences of what he did. It, it almost seems like there was a complete disconnect in the family that he had just basically killed your mom and your sister mm-hmm. and your cousin. Yeah. it's. I don't know how you deal with that.
15: Well, you know what? It's interesting because... Um, I will say this, Howard. He, he never really wavered from his story till his death. He was, I, I did, I did not blame him because he was like, no, no. Cause we would talk about it. He was like, I asked your mom to drive. I asked Fran to drive. It was an all day party. He had been drinking, took a nap and then left much later. And I guess my mom was like, no, you can drive. And this is 1960. 1960- Eight. this is 50 years ago it's before right. mothers against drunk driving friends True. don't let friends drive drunk we have right. so much more awareness now this is 1969 not that i'm trying to bail him out i take this very seriously right. but um and then a group of people comes to the car and says goodbye like have a good drive you know and bernadette my aunt let her daughter go with my with my dad driving friend right. to drop her off so um and it was interesting howard when i was writing the book for the first time i actually googled my the address of my cousin's house where where the party was to where the point of the accident was and i i found out that the, he he had driven for 90 minutes and we were 18 minutes from home and i guess finding that out too i was like uh so i think like my i think that um that m- that he, he also could have nodded off. Yes. Did the drinking contribute to that? Of course. Yes. Right. You know, right. but he never wavered from his story. He was like, no, I asked your mom to drive and then I wanted her to talk to me. And, and, um, so I did not grow up blaming him, but I, I understand I, because he really tried his hardest raising us, you know, and he had to learn to walk again after the car accident with braces on his legs. So I admired him. He tried really hard. And Howard, he felt so guilty. He did. I think he lived with that. When he woke up in the hospital... And they said, you know, your wife has been killed and your baby daughter, Katie, and he was like, and your friend, your niece, he was like, no, no, no. He sunk into the bed. I, I mean, he I think he lived with that his whole life. And and I do have a when I, I talk about when we were on vacation in Palm Beach, I'd broken up with this boy and we finally had a talk and I was in my 30s. And I go, you talk about how you lost your wife. We lost our mother. And he was like, Molly. There isn't a day that goes by that I don't think about that accident and think about them. So I really, I do, you know, forgive him. And I I guess I just, I don't know. I just have compassion. I don't think he meant to do that. But but I understand how you see it. I get it. You know, you're a dad of three girls. I get it, you know?
2: Yeah, yeah. When you put it in context, I get it too. And he was, you know, I can't imagine your pain. My mom lost her mother when she was nine.
15: I oh, know and
2: do you remember your mom at all like when you lose your mom at four, can you picture her in your mind, or do you have any memories? but I don't think you can, can you?
15: um yeah i think about your mom too how she lost her mom when she was a little girl because it's like of course that completely changes your whole life it's like a really major thing to lose a parent when you're a kid and your same sex parent her mommy you know her mom i feel like it makes my heart go out to your mom so much and i you know
2: my mother my mother always said yeah if you lose your mother you're an orphan even if you have a father that was her feeling because yeah. unlike your father I, you're right your father was a good guy in that he at least raised you as best he could yeah her father kicked her out of the house basically said good try go to get an orphanage or something kicked her, the, her and her sister out so so she was like least, an orphan She was. So, but you didn't have that feeling that you were an orphan.
15: No, my dad, my dad adored me. He was like my mama gypsy rose. And yes, he could fly into rages and stuff, but he was also like fun and silly. And I knew he deeply loved me. So I truly loved him, but I wanted to write about a complicated, you know, real father daughter relationship and also honor my mother. But yeah, I know you um, nailed
2: it.
9: Yeah. But how
15: does
2: your, how does your aunt? Now, now think about it from your aunt's point of view. I couldn't mm-hmm. believe this. This is just amazing to me. Mm-hmm. After the accident, after you guys get out of the hospital and you're recuperating, your dad has to, you know, has a problem with his leg and and and, and you know he has injuries. Your aunt, mm-hmm. who's just lost her daughter in this car accident, yeah, takes your father in and takes care of him. I yeah. was like, how could she? I mean, how could she even do that? I, I mean, I would if he had just killed my daughter, I'd be like, get the fuck out of my house. Yeah, you know, it's she, unusual. She
15: was in heavy grief for losing her own daughter. Yeah, um, And all the aunts were... were we want to take the kids. They were all kind of fighting over who would take us. But I think... It must have comforted her to take care of us and have these two little girls, four, and my sister Mary was six. I think she really enjoyed it. It must have helped her because she liked making us soup and sending us to kindergarten. And then my dad came and recuperated at her house. They turned—that's what I mean. She turned her dining room into a bedroom with bedpans and a big bed. And but she never told her husband. I guess I think. This is what's interesting, Howard. As an adult, I asked her about that night. Finally, when I got older, I was ready to hear stuff. And, but it was after my dad died. And she said, you know, he was drinking in the dining room having too much. And earlier in the day, she tapped him. She goes, Jim, that's enough. You know, cut yourself right. off. And um, she claims that my mom said to her, oh, it's going to be a rough ride home, which is just I, – I, I, I do believe her. But then yeah. it doesn't make sense you know i was very close to my dad and i do believe what he said but so it's complicated putting the pieces together but um but yeah that was that was really hard for her because she was so sad about losing her own daughter
2: yeah you seem pretty together about it all you see when i put my brain inside of your head i go i would never forgive this guy Mm. i just he killed my mother And I never got to know her. The pain would be too much. Did you go to intensive therapy, psychotherapy? Yes. uh, Yeah. And did you go because you were angry and you couldn't figure out your anger?
15: No. Actually, I went initially to therapy because I went through a breakup and I was really sad, kind of depressed. And I wanted to just talk about this guy. How old were you? I was like maybe 20. Let me see here. Like 27 or something. 27. Was
2: this while you were on Saturday Night Live? Um. No, it was before. Before. Yeah. Before. Was that the? Because you said you dated a comedian when you were oh, on yeah. Saturday Night Live. Who the hell was it? Did <laughs> you ever say? You never admit <laughs> who never it think is. Think
15: about it. Maybe later. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah. uh, Robin. maybe I will later um, wait I was going to say um, so yeah so I just wanted to talk about this guy and then I was like it was like an aside like oh yeah my mom died in a car accident and, never, and my dad and she was like hold on a minute and right. so she really got into that and it was hard with her too in the beginning because I wanted to just you know leave and I didn't want to stick with it and it's hard you know But because I it's stopped. too
2: painful it's it was very too painful, painful to talk to yes. the therapist about your mom oh
15: my god yes i've been avoiding that my whole life but uh, but, did
2: anger did anger come out in the therapy sessions towards your father did you finally say oh i'm so mad at him for driving drunk uh, and and,
15: i love your questions they're excellent um let me see here no not that particular part could be because um because i don't think that he meant to he was an alcoholic it's not like he intended to kill them i think it We we thought of it as an accident so so but yes drinking was part of that and but no he claims and i believe him that he, no no yes i had been drinking but i took a nap and he you know and you could see my mom wrote these letters don't ever drink and drive so why did she let him drive doesn't make right and my like, friend fran could have driven too. Too. it's not their fault but i'm saying it's con- it's confusing putting these pieces together you know what right
2: I mean? your cousin who died was in her 20s and she was she uh, could have driven older... too
15: why did they right. let him drive why did everybody see him off if he was so you know, I don't know.
2: You know what I right. mean? I remember as a little kid, I was in a car coming back from a kid's birthday party mm-hmm. and the the dad drove us and he was drunk. He was clearly drunk oh and my. everyone in the family was because then it was sort of comical like oh he was funny and everyone was trying to grab the keys from him and he wouldn't and he ended up driving us home. I mean, I could have had the same experience. Oh my. When God. I think about it, you know, now it's taken more seriously. It's so here, scary. Here's the horror of life. This is why I love your book so much. And in a way, it was shocking to me at the end, and then it all made sense.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: When you say at the end, all of a sudden, you be now here you were an older woman. Your dad was dying of prostate cancer. Yeah. And somehow, you put together that your dad might have been a closeted gay man mm-hmm. his whole life. Mm-hmm. And this is the horror of our world. Because yes. these assholes who are attacking gay people, even today, and making gay bad, Mm -hmm. Your dad ended up living in a time when he probably never even should have married a woman. Yeah, he should have been yeah. a, a free man yes. who was gay and proud. Yes. Maybe the whole thing ties together so perfectly. Yeah. That's why he was drinking and yes, why he was an Howard, alcoholic. You yes. hit the
15: nail on the head. And what a pleasure to like talk to you about this because you're such a deep thinker and you're so smart and you've worked so hard on yourself. So you're able to put the pieces together and I really appreciate it. But yes, so when I heard, he was gay. How did you figure
2: out your dad was gay? I forget. I oh, yeah. The okay, book he- I'll, I'll
15: remind you. So, yeah. so basically, um, you know, he had been sober for a while he got sober in aa so it wasn't like he was drinking all the time yes he's an alcoholic right. he struggled with that but then he would try really hard to go to aa and be sober for years but anyhow it was my last week of saturday night live my very last show such a big deal for me right. i was dating my husband at the time fritz chestnut and um i had invited fritz's parents too and i think my dad was probably a little jealous at like fritz and just like what about me like i think he was a little you know he was used to having me all to himself kind of and so he yeah and
2: i remember on saturday night live mm. when it was mother's day yeah all the moms came out with the cast members and your dad was invited which was nice of lauren michaels your dad was invited to be your mother on stage which
15: was great yeah which was so great
2: so how do you figure he's gay though
15: so so basically he he showed up to my apartment by last week, but he was drunk when he showed up. He had, and I was so bummed because he really hadn't been drinking for a long time. Been had sober for year, a few years, you know. So right. I was like, "What?" And um but he, understand, he wasn't telling me he had cancer. He was keeping that secret. So he right. stopped at a bar at the Grand Central Station and met a college boy, a straight college boy, and invited that 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 college guy back to my apartment. My little apartment in the West Village. And so when I walked in the door after rehearsals, I, my dad was like, Molly, this is Kevin? You know, he was like drunk, and I was like, oh, nice to meet you, and I was so mad, because, you know, it kind of makes you feel like you have to control everything, and I was just like, oh, hey, Kevin, how you doing? Like, just a total stranger, like a fan. <laughs>
2: yeah, in your
4: apartment. In my yeah. apartment,
15: and he was like, oh, like, oh are you upset with me? You know, like, trying to put the pieces together. Then we all went out for dinner to Tavern on Jane, And um, I was so mad at him, and I was like, "Oh, this this college kid has to see this like darkness between me and my dad," and it was so embarrassing, and just ugh. And I felt bad for the kid, you know. But he was having a couple beers too, and then um, I just I kicked him out. I was like, "You got to go stay in hotel." We were very close; like normally he would have stayed in my apartment. So he went and stayed in a hotel, and then I called my manager, Stephen Levy, and I was like, I'm so mad at my dad, you know, and Stephen uh, was like, kept defending him. He was like, you don't know, he, now, uh, Stephen Levy, my manager, lost his dad when he was a kid, and he had, and Stephen Levy is gay and out and Stephen levy um really connected with my dad you know uh they bonded like a he was like a father figured him so um Steven, in that conversation when i complained about my dad said you're being too hard on him molly you're being too hard on him you don't understand he's given up so much for you girls so much for you and mary and i was like what do you he kept repeating i go what are you saying are you saying he's gay and he was like i don't want to tell you he's gonna tell you And I was like, oh, my God, I couldn't believe it. So understand, I felt like, ah, so much compassion, like kind of the pieces of the story all coming together. Like, ah, yeah, that's why it's a good book. Can you you.
2: imagine what his life must have been like? I mean, to be a closeted gay man his entire life, which. As you point out, meant, you know, probably a few blowjobs at a truck stop or something. He he couldn't keep it in. Yeah, he had to keep it in the, in the, you know, keep it quiet on the down low, as they say. As
15: men of that generation did and had to do.
2: So he probably drank because he was in so much pain. Yes. And the drinking had led to, of course, the the horrible death of your mother and your sister and your cousin. Yeah. And the whole thing is just such a tragedy, which is why we should not beat up gay people and who cares if they you know so that they can you, live a happy you're life. You're so right. And, it's and,
15: no good for anyone. And look, yes, he's married to my mom and has three little girls. He feels pressure. He was under stress. He took this job that was in over his head. Right. You know, he kept he was probably drinking more because he was stressed out. You know, he's gay. He's keeping that inside. I think he had tried to tell my mom before that he said I saw this psychiatrist and the psychiatrist told me I'm a latent homosexual and she said oh that psychiatrist never should have told you that and so yes yeah, so of course you're going to drink imagine if you couldn't be who you were sexually it's horrible and isn't, it,
2: and isn't it amazing when you said to your dad are like you said are you gay yeah he just very casually says um probably
15: he says most definitely
2: oh most definitely
9: yeah i said have
15: you ever thought i asked him one day at the four seasons we're sitting by the pool i i invited him out to um my press junket for serendipity and i just was like we were having a really good time and i was just like i'm gonna ask him i'm gonna ask him because Stephen levy kept telling me he's gonna tell you he's gonna tell you but then he wasn't telling me so i just one day asked him by the pool "Have have you ever thought you might be gay and he just said most definitely and he was 72 and i wow. was like oh i felt he so... only
2: said that when he was younger but it's hard
15: yeah it's so hard,
2: especially an irish guy you know you're not allowed to be a, a gay man you know back in those days he was like,
15: born you know, in 1926 it's like it wasn't yeah. an option and mr o'neill was gay too and people right. and my dad was friends with his best friend bill o'neill from the time they were kids and people call mr o'neill a you sissy you know and so my dad you know they just keep it keep it quiet
2: you think he was your dad's secret lover
15: no i talked to my dad about that my dad was very open so he really loved bill as a as a friend he was his best best friend but i don't feel he he felt that way about bill but bill, bill might have felt that way about my dad but they were confidants
2: when you describe in your book when you were a little girl your dad would wake you up in the middle of the night to play the piano for his drunken friends do you <laughs> think that that was sort of like a gay party going on in the house or um,
15: uh, now that you look back on it that's so funny there were always like preppy women like sexy alcoholic mothers like this one <laughs> like molly like with the little tennis racket you know from shaker yeah. heights i was like oh her poor daughter you know like okay um so there were it was a mixed crowd and then there was an alcoholic judge who was like <laughs> and they would do reenact catholic scenes it was a lot of catholicism hanging over like i am the bishop so i'm sure there were some gay men some stri- but then there were like straight sexy women but yeah they would drink and, yeah and they'd say you know come down and play the piano in the middle of the night and i would play in my pajamas and then curtsy and go back up to bed and
2: were you scared
15: no it was that was no. more fun because there were a lot of people there. I think um, I would more get upset if it was like like for the St. Patrick's Day show. I love performing, and when I went to this Catholic grade school, St. Dominic's, and Each year, the grade would do like a big Irish song and dance number. And the day St. Patrick's Day for the show, my dad would go downtown. And that was a big drinking day for the Irish. And so he would get loaded on St. Patrick's Day. So I would worry all day like, oh, no, oh, no. I pray. Oh, please, can he have coffee to sober up before the show? And I would tell him, you know, it. I try to control everything you're like a little adult child of an alcoholic I go oh by the way you can't come to the classroom because they don't allow parents to come in because I didn't want him to embarrass me in case he was drunk so just meet oh, me on God. the street and then when I but I would pray 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 please I love coffee to this day because ooh, actually I should drink coffee out here but I love coffee to this day because it makes me happy the smell of it it's like people sobering up and so right. I, but I could tell when I was on stage by his wave if he was drunk because he'd be like ah! that's my molly you know waving and you know oh, God. Uh, so that was hard
2: yeah the book was really you know i i was expecting more about saturday night live and i was so pleasantly surprised when it was about really deep dive into your life and what sort of drove you and oh, your father was such a character my father was such a straight yeah and 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 your father like the story that really blew my mind because it's the opposite of my childhood yeah your father says, uh, you know, it'd be really funny if you and your friend get on an airplane and fly to New York. You were in Cleveland. Mm-hmm. And he'd say, and how old were you? Like, 11 or, and
15: 12. 11 think, yeah.
2: Eleven and 12. Imagine, you know. 11 and Rampton, yeah. Yeah. Your father goes, it'd be really funny if you guys pulled a prank. Your dad loved pranks. Yeah. And he'd say, wouldn't it be a funny prank? If you guys stole something, and then you guys would steal something, you know, yeah. most fathers wouldn't do that. And then uh, you go, you go, uh, you know, d- d- dad comes up with you. Wouldn't it be a funny prank if you snuck onto an airplane and you spent the day in New York? So being eleven and twelve, you you and your friend actually did that. You went to the airport. Mm-hmm. You um you kind of said to the stewardess at that time before nine eleven. You go, uh, hey. Uh we just want to go say goodbye to our sister. Yeah, She's on the plane. And you guys are dressed in tutus or something yeah, like Yeah, we crazy. had ball-
15: pink pink leotards and our hair in buns cuz we figured if we'd hopping the plane to work we'd take a ballet class.
2: Yeah, and then you <laughs> get on the plane and the st- and, and the plane takes off. You yeah. got it was pretty empty. And the stewardess realizes she fucked up, but she's afraid to report you because she'll get in trouble. Yeah. So she basically got you some cocktail peanuts (laughs) and you guys fly to you guys fly to New York. Yep. This is the most unbelievable story. (laughs) And you spent the day hanging out. You you, you stole a few T-shirts because dad told you to. And you're doing these horrible things. And then, of course, you can't get home and you call your dad. And he's pissed. He's like, I don't want to pay for you guys to fly back to Cleveland. Um, why don't you guys figure it out? Like, I he mean, was like, guy-
15: He was excited that we did it, but he was like, I'm not paying. You got to come. Well, he tried to. He was like, oh, he was. He couldn't be really mad because he had. It was his uh, idea. It was his idea. <laughs> <laughs> but he got he did get worried like, oh, my God, oh, my God. Okay, Go to a hotel and I'll try to get you a hotel room. So he was calling hotels and he was like, Mary and I will drive oh and my- meet you. So but no hotels would take us. We so was like, all right, all right. You got to come back, come back. And he goes, but you, you got to hop on a plane home because I don't want to pay for the flight back. <laughs> but uh, it's so funny. But then it didn't work on the way back cuz they were too crowded and we kept getting busted. So then he put it on his credit card.
2: Not only did he put it on his credit card, but he said to you, he was cheap. He goes, "Uh Molly, now you um by the way, I don't want to pay for the hotel. You have to take your babysitting money and pay and pay me back."
15: Yeah, exactly. We had to pay, we had to pay him back for the for the flight. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. What
2: a character. What a <laughs> <laughs> he's a nut he was a nut
15: this guy but he was also so silly and fun Howard like he would make everything a game like he was fun he was a frustrated performer writer so right. he would do silly stuff like if we went into a candy store he would go like stouffer's candy store in cleveland and he'd go molly let's pretend like i'm blind and so i go okay so we would do these little scenes where he'd go in and like knock the chocolates over like is this chocolate and just silly stuff molly, undressing mannequins the- and making taking their shirts off and making the one ma- mannequin cup the other one's breast. like silly we thought it was funny
2: how the fuck are you normal is what i'm saying you (laughs) seem like a very together human being i mean you know you were you really kind of had to raise yourself in a way yeah and uh you know and you even had the wherewithal to go you wanted to be a performer to go to college you went to nyu i mean you did normal things how do you become normal in a in a life like that it's 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 rare
15: yeah well i worked really hard howard and robin in therapy like i really had to work my ass off in therapy processing that it wasn't like it came easy to come to a place of peace i don't think you know i uh, that's that's what i did
2: yeah. I mean your dad your dad would encourage you to cheat in school. He said mm-hmm. don't worry about school, cheat and you mm-hmm. will. I mean who says that? Mm-hmm. And, and you know and he said social skills and street smarts would get you through <laughs> life more than uh, knowing it. Yeah, exactly. You know. He
15: has some good points. I kind of like the way he is with school cuz everybody now is so over the top with all of that with act and essay it's like oh my god so he was like oh god you're working too hard molly go to bed can't you call in sick and cheat so i like that he had an (laughs) alternative attitude
2: he just are you a good mother uh are you able you are but do you think it gets in the way that you didn't have a mother so you go oh gosh could you be envious of your children for having a mother uh, for having what you didn't have, can that get in the way of being? No,
15: a good it feels more like deep, like very healing. Like my mom didn't get to watch us grow up, but getting to be there for my kids, Stella and Nolan, and watch them grow up is like, uh it's it's the greatest feeling ever. It feels like. Uh, I just feel so lucky that I've lived far beyond the years my mother lived and it's just fantastic. I feel kind of an urgency for life like I'm alive and they're all alive and we're doing it and like maybe stuff that people complain about or moms complain about I don't really relate to because I just feel gratitude for life and so I have a kind of different perspective so no I love it I love it love it being a mom it's the greatest thing I've ever done in my life.
2: Yeah, I was sad when I when you and your sister used to go to church, yeah. and you guys would watch the moms with their daughters. And I guess it's your defense mechanism. You would make fun of them. You would say, "Oh, look at these moms and the daughters, and look at what they're doing, and look at how they're being so sweet to each other." And and you guy and you would pretend to be your sister's mom. Yeah. And and vice versa. You guys would play mommy to one another.
15: Yeah. One day in church, I was just like, oh, honey, I just imitated a mom that I was watching in church in the pew. And I just touched her hair. I was like, sweetheart, your hair looks so pretty like that. You should wear it like that. And I patted her hair and she loved it. And then she would do it to me and I would do it to her. But, you know. Like your mom, we missed a mother's touch. We yeah. didn't have that physical um affection and that is very sad, you know what I mean? It of is like, sad. I, I was really sad. You. And I think that physical comedy, the way that's connected is like when I did Mary Catherine Gallagher, I had a reaction to that where I would cut myself up and bruise myself and knock myself to tears because I didn't care. It was like a reaction like I don't care. I don't fucking need that. My body is just fucking, I don't give a shit. You know, I can just throw myself in chairs and bruise myself and cut myself and I feel nothing when it's going on. I don't even feel it. It feels good, you know, and it felt reckless and it was, I'm sure, angry, you know, I, I look at it as like punk rock. Like I just didn't give a shit, you know, and now of course I care, but I would feel good after like when my, when I was in pain and, and, um, I, I'm sure that's a reaction. That's an anger. it's physical. It's, you know, like that.
2: Well, it's almost like women who cut themselves. Yes. What, they do it so they can feel something. You probably, as a kid, had to use a defense mechanism where you said, I have to cut off my feelings.
4: Yeah. So in order
2: to really feel, you would throw yourself into a, to, to metal chairs and uh, yeah. maybe the pain in some way said, oh, I can feel. I'm capable of feeling.
15: Yeah, it didn't feel exactly like that, because sometimes, too, it was really fun. Like, as I was doing those shows, I I started getting into therapy, and so sometimes I wasn't always in that place. But when I think about it, I'm like, I would never do anything like that that now. It feels so dangerous, and I want to walk and have my body work, and I appreciate my health, and I'm the total opposite now. But, yeah, so it wasn't... Yeah, but it was it was reckless, you know what I mean? Yeah. The,
2: the character of Mary Catherine Gallagher, which you, of course, are most famous for. Yeah. That character is so great and so funny. But do you look back on it now? Do you have nightmares where you go, oh, my God, what if I had paralyzed myself doing that? My whole life would have been ruined. Yes. And then in some way... Don't you think the people at Saturday Night Live should have been a little more protective of you? You threw yourself... I saw you... I mean, unless um, there was some kind of trick photography. You threw yourself into these metal chairs. Yeah. Folding chairs. And then you'd get up and I'd be like, how the fuck did she just get up? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean,
15: I would n- you sit
2: there I'm and go, oh, shit, I could have paralyzed myself
15: in that. I do think that I, st- I never thought about it at first at all. But, you know, because I did that in my stage show, too, I would be really wild. I would climb the wall and do all this crazy stuff. But on Saturday Night Live, you have millions of people watching. So then all these people come up to me and go, do you ever get hurt? Do you ever get hurt? Do you ever get hurt? And I was like, oh, nobody. Had- I-, I couldn't believe so many people were asking. Me. So then I started to get scared, like, no. And yes, I'm so glad I did not break my neck or or break you know my c1 or c2 and become a quad or a para Peligia. yes i i would never do that now no way and i didn't wear think- pads at all in the beginning right. and uh but then then i did and i i, I then I, I did start wearing pads and my stuntman Brian Smaj was he would come and they thought I was so wild. He was like, She's fucking out of her mind. They would they would stand and like watch me, but they thought I was crazy. You know, and when, when I would I get watch, in a character Yeah.
2: When I watch those old sketches on Saturday Night Live with you, I go she was doing what they do on jackass but what johnny knoxville did and johnny fucked his body up plenty you know he was you know he used to do a catheter twice a day because of some of the shit that happened with him like you i mean thank god you somehow were miraculously able to avoid major injury because that was such a physical
15: character yes physical yes yes yeah it was yes i i I feel so grateful that i didn't that i didn't hurt myself more thank god oh my god Well, because
2: when i when i would watch saturday night live you're sitting when you would come on i go i'm waiting for her to fall which uh, (laughs) i mean they did the two things were i'm waiting for her to smell her armpits which is so brilliant <laughs> because you would take your fingers and make them long and stick them in your armpits and smell them and like that's such a normal thing like that's what people do and it was like this is really a great character oh, and then you. the falls the Pratt falls, or whatever you want to call them were yeah. were so fucking dangerous yeah it was crazy now, now here's the thing and i didn't know anything about this until i read your book when you when you got the audition for mm-hmm. Saturday Night Live, um, they, 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 the, I forget who it was who advised you. They said, do not do your character, Mary Catherine Gallagher. Mm-hmm. Like you talk about people in show business giving shitty advice. Yeah. This is a, a thing that she said Lauren Michaels will not like this because the character is dark or something along yeah. those lines, right? Yeah, what she's... a dumb fuck. Who who the fuck gave you that? It
15: advice? was so dumb. I don't want to say her name. She she was kind of out in LA and she was there during that period where the, where I felt there was just a little bit of a low there are not quite as strong of women there have been amazing women before that but this was a little bit of a lull period and I thought she was in LA and she called herself the unofficial talent scout but she wasn't really I don't think <laughs> it was really official and she was much more interested in comedy boys and I was like she's missing all the good girls and, and yes yeah, so then Marcy Klein got involved and
2: she Marcy see, Klein Marcy she's Klein.
15: the
2: greatest alright she is uh, Calvin Klein's daughter yes, and she's yes. worked at uh, Saturday Night Live forever
15: yes forever
2: she um she had heard about you from someone mm-hmm. and she said uh submit a tape and i'll take a look at it i'll get it to lauren and you said no you need to see me live in a club when i do marry Catherine gallagher you'll mm-hmm. get turned on by this you stuck to your guns and she came out and saw you right
15: she came out and saw me yes because five years before that i had at audition, they asked for a tape of five characters, and I spent all my waitressing money making my tape, and I got passed over. And I remember being right. on a, a payphone outside of my apartment in Hollywood, on the corner of Fountain and Vine, across an El Pollo Loco, and I found out they were they weren't going to have me. They weren't going to see me. I cried and cried. But then I thought, you know what? I'm just going to work really hard on my show, create characters, work, write, write, perform so that when they come back again, I'm going to be like locked and loaded and ready. And then sure enough, they came back five years later. And I was like, they, when they asked for that tape, I was like, I'm not giving you a tape. You got to see the live show. And yeah, so Marcy flew out to see that and it went great. And then she was like, you're coming to audition for Saturday Night Live. And I was like, yes, you know,
2: and in the audition, you did marry Catherine no Gale. i didn't no you that didn't do it other, because of that one official
15: towns said whatever I, yeah she got kind of jealous and got wind that i was flying to new york to, to audition right and she's like yeah whatever that was your do, strongest do that. character
2: yes. that was your strongest character yeah. did, did marcy say to you afterwards why didn't you do mary Catherine gallagher no I mean, she, uh, she was no. just
15: kind of letting me do whatever i wanted to do so right. she didn't care but then when i when i did do that at the that's saturday night live i even had a hard time there like i told a writer i said oh i have this character that i do and i want to get it on the show and he read it and he kind of read it over and he goes "Ah, eh, the reason this can't work is that's not really a joke and that's not going to work Nah, this thing this is not going to work and i was like no 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 i know i do it in my show it works and then i went to this guy steve corn he was like just tell me what you're doing in your show and we'll type it up you know
2: so in other words The character Mary Catherine Gallagher, which was such a huge hit on Saturday Night Live, Mm -hmm. on paper, if you read it, 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 it's something you got to see. In other words, to write down, oh, this girl in a Catholic school uniform is going to come out and fall down. Mm -hmm. That's just not funny. I get that. And and so that's the problem with Saturday Night Live, in a sense. The problem and the beauty of it is Mm -hmm. that it is so hard with all the riders and all the people competing for airtime. Mhm. So difficult when you got a gem, it's really hard to break through in that room right it's just impossible and intimidating
15: it is so we read it at the table but Lor- lauren does know so the first time we read it at the table he was like "Ooh, this is good he knew he knew he was like i want to wait let's wait and do it next week with gabriel byrne and i was so excited right. so then it did get picked for the show but then um you know they do a dress show before the live show on saturday and uh the the dress show order mary Catherine was at the bottom and i was like what they must not oh no and the stuff that's at the bottom is usually going to get cut they don't believe in it right. we ended up not even rehearsing it on saturday because they ran out of time it was dinner break they're like sorry and they just do kind of a walk through rehearsal and i was so mad i thought they're not getting what this is i think because when you're just reading it at the table you're reading stage directions she falls into chairs she does in a- other words
2: you know. in other words <clears throat> um the stuff at saturday night live that goes on at the end of the show like close to one o'clock in the morning
4: mm-hmm.
2: um that's considered their shittiest stuff i get it mm-hmm. you want to put your best stuff up front yeah right you yeah. want to you, you your opener is always the thing and that's where you get the most advertising dollars mm-hmm. so you know if you're going first that's the one that kills yeah so they've got you at the bottom of the list which indicates to you it's that that's probably this- gonna get cut it sucks that they don't
15: get it they don't believe in it yeah or or yeah i'm thinking they're they not knowing what how physical this is and you know i i'm like i'm gonna have to i'm gonna have to do it i'm gonna have to fucking show them and i'm gonna gotta blow the roof off the house you know so i did that dress rehearsal and i was like my heart was pounding and i remember it's like five four three two And I went on there and I just had to show them and I did it and I, you know, had the skirt and I lifted my leg up and I did gymnastics and I sang and I did a monologue and I threw myself into those chairs and flew And it killed. And it killed. And, and Jim Gabriel, Brewer is so sweet. He goes, Molly, I've never heard a roar like that in the audience before. And and uh, and then I went into Lorne Michaels' office between dress and air as all the cast goes in. You go in and look at his bulletin board to see what's making it to the live show. And my sketch, Mary Catherine Gallagher, got moved from the bottom of the show to the top. And I was like,
2: yes! Oh, wow. And that so was it my killed,
15: first, Yeah.
2: You know, also, I remember oh. that first time you did it with Gabriel Byrne. Yeah. And he is a fabulous actor. You mm-hmm. know, if you didn't, that guy played it so well. Because let's face it, as good as you are. And yeah. as many times as you perform that, you need someone to play off who really comes off like a priest yeah. and who's like the real and really shocked by you and yes. annoyed by you. yeah. And that dude, if you you know, having Gabriel Byrne, that was smart about Lauren to save it for Gabriel Byrne. Isn't that so uh, smart?
15: And Lauren yeah. also was the one to say, you know, uh, he came in between dress and air and said, you know, I think you should make your skirt. He came and found me in the makeup room, which is very unusual. And he goes, Molly, I think you should make the shirt the the Catholic schoolgirl skirt shorter so yeah. that when you lift your leg up it'll show your underpants. That was, right. Lord, you know, he like he he was he liked that that
2: dirty little and Catholic schoolgirl. And the underpants were so great. Because yeah. it looked like a fucking adult diaper. It yeah. looked like the, the, the worst <laughs> panties ever, yeah, right? like
15: Carteret's, I mean, like old-fashioned, like a girl. Yeah, of a, whose idea
2: yeah. was that? Did you always wear, when when you would do it on stage, would you, before you even got on Saturday Night Live, would you wear these big, giant panties? Like no. You, you not, no. No. I mean, it's so you know what, well,
15: Howard, no, no. But I like that for the character, because she's Probably cut off from her, you know, sexuality. She's like in her head. She would like obsess and get crushes, and so it's not right. like she's that. in t- But she's in touch enough. But she's probably more in her head and not in her body. So I wanted it old fashioned, and I wanted yeah. her to look like a plain Jane. I didn't want to think about what I looked like. I didn't care if I was pretty. I wanted a plain face, and just sweaty and anxious, accident prone, and you know, I wanted it real. So yes. W- and, w- and wait, Howard, and, can I share one more thing? Yes. It was interesting. About About Gabriel Byrne, because when we were little after my mom died, it was this Irish priest at St. Dominic's who was the first one to acknowledge that my mother had died. We were in deep grief after the car accident, but nobody would talk about it with us. And Father Murray was the only one who took me after church and knelt down and grabbed my hands he goes molly i know you lost your mother you lost your sister this is so sad for you and i loved him for it howard i
2: you loved him because this is what my mother describes she says when her mother died no one told her her mother died she just never saw her again uh people back in the day people didn't want to talk about this stuff you didn't you didn't think to go to the kid and say yeah your mother's gone and and no one explains it to you. You're supposed to figure it out.
15: Yeah, yeah, no, nobody was telling us, too, when we were in the hospital. I was like, you know, my sister was sick, so she was in the bed next to me, and I was like, oh, she'll be my guidepost. But she was just looking out the window and crying and crying, and, and I was like, oh, everybody's bringing us toys. But I'm like, where's my mom? Where's my dad? And it's like, these toys are so sad. And then one day I was like, maybe my mom's with Katie, my baby sister, in the baby section. That's where she must be. So I got right. dressed and I was like, I'm not listening to these nurses and aunts anymore. And I got dressed and I walked up the ramp through the double doors to go see them. And this nurse was like, no, 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 no. You got to go back to your bed. And then finally they told right. me that they were in heaven. Yeah. Heaven. Like it was good news.
2: Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good news. Yeah, she's gone on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, She's in no.
15: heaven. Yeah. My,
2: when I would ask my mom about. Her situation, which is similar to yours, she'd say. Um, even as an adult, she'd say, "Me." She had this feeling that maybe her father had killed her mother because oh she God. didn't know. Yeah. She was just like you making know making stuff up. She has like five, de- and I went and searched for the um certificate of death so I could tell her what happened. You wow. know, but but it was weird back in those days.
15: Wow, so other- know, that's so sad, Howard
2: it's horrible that's why yeah, i, I love your book so much yeah. because uh you i could relate to it the, the, the yeah. story was was just uh, so beautifully written and and you know i, I found myself rooting for you even mm-hmm. though i knew the outcome i was rooting for you to be successful at saturday night live in the book which i knew you were yeah but because because you had such a fucked up beginning i was like this is so beautiful i even like the little touches like when you went to nyu i found this fascinating You met Adam Sandler. You were both students at NYU. And you describe in your book that Adam Sandler was the hardest working human being you had ever met. Mm -hmm. You were, you know, you were struggling with your career. Everyone was struggling with their careers. But you said Sandler every day would go to a comedy club. He would work on material. Mm -hmm. You were in a workshop with him, some kind of comedy review. And you said this guy was always thinking, how do I advance my career? How do I be funny?
15: He was hands above never- everyone, working harder than anyone. He was a star on campus already. He would go do stand-up at the dorms. People were like, Sandler! I mean, just uh, uh, the, the work ethic, the discipline, doing drama classes all day, then pr- going to clubs at night. I mean, it was unbelievable. You're just like, whoa, just get out of the way. Watch out. He was the greatest. He's still a very good friend of mine.
2: So when he made it to Saturday Night Live before you did, yes, um, you were probably like, I'm not that surprised. it's kind of like uh, i I expected it of
15: him you know yeah and he's so nice and just one of the kindest and sweetest and he was like i'm gonna get you on kid just wait i'll get you you're next and he did he (laughs) recommended me kid. no i think he did (laughs) yeah Yeah, he did he told me i'll get you on so he told lauren so he, he he recommended me Adam. Describe that
2: writing room to me. I've asked so many people who have been on Saturday Night Live about this. You have assigned seats at this table that you go to for table reason to pitch Mm -hmm. ideas. And you described that Lauren had David Spade on one side of him. Yeah. And you were selected to sit on the other side of Lauren. It's almost like you're being anointed or you're his, uh, his uh, work wife or something. Like, like why? what did, were you like em- embarrassed by that? No, I love it. That?
15: I'm so close to Lorne. I actually just had dinner with him. I I love Lorne and um I loved sitting next to him, and I loved talking to him, and he's just the greatest. Were the
2: other comedians jealous of you that you got this coveted spot next to Lorne? Because I know he's the guy who approves everything, um, and he's the guy who makes I, and breaks careers.
15: I, I don't know. I, I really don't know. But he, And he did get me a diamond cross from Tiffany. He's... Gave
2: me well, I think diamonds. he's in love with you. No, no, no. Yeah. What do you mean <laughs> no. he got you a diamond cross? Well, from when Tiffany? I did
15: Superstar cuz he was so proud cuz oh, he produced the movie. It. Yeah, 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 yes. the movie. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. But I was yeah. going to say one more thing I was going to share too. When I first started SNL, I was like, "Oh my god, I can't believe I got here." But I was so scared when I started that show that I wouldn't hang anything up in my office because I thought everything was going to blow up the way it did when I was little. I was just like, "It's all going to there's probably disaster around the corner." And so I really had to work against that, you know, not sabotaging it or
2: it because was, of what happened with your mom do you tend to yes. see life like that that you always think something bad's gonna happen if I mean, something's going well
15: now I, I i have worked through that so i i enjoy life a lot more and i try not to think that way of course but at that time i really felt like disasters looming around the corner and you right. know i didn't want to hang things up or get too comfortable because you never know if you're gonna have to put yourself in a plastic bag and get out and go move or something you know
2: Did you really feel like this sense of elation when you were shooting the movie Superstar with Mary Catherine Gallagher Mm -hmm. as the, you know and lauren uh, needed you on saturday night live and while you were shooting he would get a private jet for you to fly you back uh. to new york so you could be at saturday night live i mean that must have been like this Pinch somebody pinch me yes i'm the it girl is. who grew up with this wacky situation <laughs> uh, you spent years struggling before saturday night live it must have been really heady stuff
15: it was amazing i would be by myself because i was doing saturday night live and superstar so lauren would fly me back or he would fly writers to me in toronto and yeah i was like on the this private plane and I remember I got like in and out and I'm for dinner while I would eat on the way home and i was just like i wish somebody could see me you know <laughs> like this is so cool
2: yeah what do you eat on a private when you get to fly in a well. private plane what do you get to eat do, do you do you order um a, a special meal on the plane or is it just kind of uh, <laughs> like cocktail peanuts
15: um i would just i think <laughs> grab like a banana or if, if i, I think. banana
2: that's yeah. it on a private plane <laughs> i would think you'd have like no boo or something
15: this no no well no, this private plane was it was kind of late at night. So it wasn't like they had it like so catered. So you kind of had to bring your right. own food.
2: <clears throat> oh, my God. What a what an incredible experience to to like sort of come out of working so hard, always wondering if your career was ever going to take off. Yeah, that I love that story in your book so much where you were struggling. Um, it was post NYU. You, you're out in Los Angeles and uh, yeah. you say, gee, I got to get an agent. I got to get somebody to represent me and uh you would do crazy things yeah like uh what was that you would do you would call um you would call agent's office mm-hmm. as uh what was the celebrity that you used to do the
15: well, we used of? to say we were having a hard time getting agents my friend eugene pack and i we were out in la for a while we would we would try to slip our headshots under the door walking up and down sunset but nobody was calling and i was like how are we going to bust is, in
2: this is brilliant
15: <laughs> so we yeah. uh David Mammoth had taught a class. David Mammoth, the famous, super talented playwright, Glenn, Gary, Glenn Ross, brilliant, had taught a class at NYU. Eugene took the class a little more than me. I took a few of his classes. But um, we called it the Mammoth Scam. And what we did was... We, we thought it to get into agent stores. So I had a fake character named Liz Stockwell. Eugene Pat's character was Arnold Katz. And we would call for one another, pretending to be one another's, you know, agents. And we would call whatever agent we wanted to meet. Like if I wanted to meet Bernie Brillstein, you, or if I wanted Jean to meet someone. Um we would we would say I would say hi this is you know Liz Stockwell I'm calling from David Mamet's office we'd like to speak to this agent and they were like oh my gosh they would put the agent right on the phone right and then I would say David speaks so highly of your company really and you and you know we have a kid out here who's in David's next play he's like an uh, he's the up and coming st- <laughs> <laughs> and you know you got to meet this kid. And my character Liz Aqua was a delightful lady. She was just positive right. and made people feel good. And whatever the you know you, our rule was, because Eugene Pack and I had worked in uh, at a health club, uh, a, a squash club in. L- in New York City together. So we always had a rule doing sales where you couldn't hang up the phone until you had the credit card. So we used the same thing with the mammoth scam. So it was like, don't hang up the phone until you got the appointment in the books. So if this agent would say, well, why don't you just have Eugene call me when he gets a ton? I would go, no, there was an answer for every." Obstacle right. in the it's so I go, no, 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 he's so busy taking meetings, he has rehearsal, let's just get it in the books now, great, and then if they were like, Liz, we should have lunch, I was like, oh my gosh, definitely, we're switching offices, I made my assistant Jeannie call you, you know, it was a whole thing, and we would crack up, you know, we'd so when one other notes. This-
2: so when you got a meeting with an agent. Yeah. They, they would take these meetings with you oh, because yes. they felt David Mamet had, uh, recommended you. Yes. and You were the up oh, and comer. Oh, yes. You... It was like theater oh, and God.
15: classy. And, and we figured they're getting to meet good, talented people. So we figure we're giving them a gift, you know? And...
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's and... nothing wrong with <laughs> that. I mean, yeah. uh... and
15: we did it on Friday afternoons when everybody was in a good mood after four. And by six o'clock on Friday, <laughs> we would each have five appointments in the books
2: oh my god but we got and, and busted once you, oh you did. We they, did why they called mammoth and they wanted to know if this was real
15: um no what happened was one of them was you know i wanted to be part of the brat pack i was like i want to be with those kids ali sheedy and molly ringwald so it was a brat, brat packs agent i got an appointment for with and when i sat down with her she was like I just wanted to see what a liar looked like in person. Oh. And, wow! Um, oh yeah.
2: my God, were you, you dying?
15: I was dying, and I go, "What? What do you mean? I I use my NYU acting skills," and she goes. Your friend uh, called and said he works with David Mammoth. What a liar. And I, I acted like, wait, what? And she goes, wait, hold on a second, honey. She goes, are you dating this guy? And I wasn't dating Gene. He was just my friend, Eugene. But I said, yeah, I just, I've only been dating him for a few weeks and he, he told me he could help me out in Hollywood. I just played like I was a dumb actress. And she was like, and then she like sisterly confided in me like, honey, this guy's a scumbucket. He doesn't know anyone. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and then I left and I, I Called Gene on a, Eugene on a payphone. I was like, we just got so busted.
2: But oh but my god, we, I would but- die.
15: And Gene got me a part on Twin Peaks. I, I wanted to be on Twin Peaks, so he got me on that. I wanted to meet the co- casting director. And how did um, he
2: get you on? Did he say he was from David Mamet's office? Yes, again David and, Mamet's uh, office. Yeah. And they booked you on Twin Peaks. As I, a I
15: met of the them. casting director, and she was like, "Wonderful, Molly. I want you to meet David Lynch." And then they gave me a part as a happy helping hand <laughs> <room> lady. <laughs> wow,
2: man, it's unbelievable. And,
15: and Bertie Brillstein was like, "Oh, please give David my best. I want you to meet my daughter Lee." We met everyone. <laughs>
2: you know what i remember of you too and i love this about you before you were on saturday Night live and you were kicking around and trying to get your career going you were on uh in living color with jim carrey yes. and jamie foxx and you're in that famous sketch i thought it was one of his best characters uh, jim carrey was a um a police officer who yeah. spits when he talks he talks like this <laughs> and you're standing there and jim carrey's like spitting all over you when he's talking but what an unbelievable thing to have been a part of! One of those early Jim Carrey sketches oh my God, on the he's Living He's
15: so cult. talented. Yeah, right. I just got to watch it behind the scenes, and and believe me, Howard, when he comes to SNL, what a force! It's like, you know, we're talking about Adam Sandler. It's that same type of thing where he just elevates everything. Like it's he like does. A, oh, he's like a powerhouse, and just it's crazy. He'll just what about this? What about this ad stuff? Just open and intelligent, and I mean, uh, he's incredible. Like
2: when you get a a, a guest host. Yeah, like a Jim Carrey. You say in your book, Jim Carrey, Alec Baldwin, Jennifer Aniston, oh,
15: Gwyneth Paltrow.
2: Gwyneth Paltrow. Those people come to play, and they'll do anything.
15: Oh, they play like Gwyneth and Jen could be cast members. They're just fun, elegant. Yeah, Jen Aniston, especially too, was like, oh, you could just see her on the cast. She's just like quick and easy, and doesn't get too s- stressed out. Just like very um, does it, has fun, and they look gorgeous. I mean, and no ego like about superstars. the image.
2: In other words, they'll make fun of themselves. Oh, yeah, make uh, fun of themselves.
15: Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. Cameron yeah. Diaz
15: came on, too. I remember she was eating salad, and I was like, I want to be like Cameron Diaz and eat salads.
2: You know, the, 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 <laughs> the, uh, it's true. you got to have the right person to play with. I even think with Mary Catherine Gallagher, she's so opposite of what you... You know, you're, you're bubbly and vivacious in real life. Mm-hmm. She's very subdued. That, you got to really play that soft. Wait, who's and, subdued? I feel Mary Catherine Gallagher oh, when she yeah. talks and she's very, you know, very, uh, you know, uh, very, very, you know, she, nervous. she explodes like a, yeah, she's nervous yeah, and
15: nervous.
2: You gotta be a good actress to be a comedian. You gotta, you gotta play it and, and be committed and be believable.
15: Yeah. I And kind that's, of, yeah. Oh, sorry. I didn't but mean I'm you saying know. that, well, that's probably why
2: a guy like Steven Seagal gets so knocked as being the worst guest host ever in Saturday Night Live history because The guy wasn't willing to make fun of himself, and he wasn't willing to play around with the crew. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. you got to be
15: able to make fun of yourself. My gosh. I was going to say, Mary Catherine Gallagher is just an exaggerated version of how I felt when I was little. I just exaggerated all the feelings I felt. So it's based on something real, and she's nervous, and, you know, all that stuff. Yeah.
2: Yeah. No, it's a... It's really remarkable when I, when I, when I think about Saturday Night Live and all the people who come out of that. And, you know, I think in a way sometimes too, performances get overlooked. Cause Mary Catherine Gallagher, I would almost say at the point that you are on Saturday Night Live, it kind of helped save the show. Aww. It was a weird time, right? I mean, it was a weird time. There weren't, um, They had fired a lot of the staff, a lot of the crew that was on. It was a a, a, there was a season where wasn't there a season where after your first season, you thought they had fired a lot of people, right? They had gotten rid of a lot of people. Yeah, they and you were
15: house. Yeah. Yeah. They they, uh There was an article that came out with, with on the New York magazine. I think a reporter, Lauren gave this reporter all this access and which he didn't normally do and the reporter did kind of like a bait and switch and then this article came out with chris farley on the cover of new york magazine with a tv set on his head that he probably thought was going to be a funny and it was just like a like a really i think the they shit all of, over the cast yeah yeah and so yeah there were changes made so i came in as part of that new regime with will ferrell and that whole group and so this is, some of the old people stayed um but but then there were a whole bunch of new people
2: so you mean the article was negative toward Chris Farley, probably <gasps> well, Sandler.
15: I don't remember um, exactly. I'm not sure. Yeah. They were such superstars on the show. It's ridiculous. Right. I mean, they were, Jesus, it's like the, they're the greatest, you know? So I don't, yeah. I don't remember that article, but uh yeah, but we were part of the new regime.
2: One of the people from Saturday Night Live who's now gone, but Norm MacDonald said that you were the one... You were probably the only one who stood by him when he had issues, but they wanted to take away uh, his job because he was making OJ jokes. Uh Norm was in trouble and you really stuck up for him, right? I oh, mean, yeah, um, yeah but
15: uh, Norm was such an
2: incredible talent.
15: Oh my God, and, incredible. He was a very good, I was very close to him. He's wonderful. And when he met my dad too, he was like, he seems like he should be in show business more than you or me. <laughs> Cause my dad <laughs> would come yeah, yeah. ask us. And then he, Norm didn't like my hair curly. He would, he would just say the funniest things. He'd be like, what's up with that curly shit? Like keep it straight, <laughs> you know? Like, yeah. um, Norm was amazing and Lori Joe there. Uh, I just, uh, I'm so sad. That he died. I'm so sad about that. He was wonderful. He's such a unique talent and how much he cares about words and comedy. He was like Mark Twain, like brilliant and uh, just a deep person. And I really loved Norm.
2: You know the story from your book that drives me crazy. It is it's it's funny, but not funny. And but but I mean, it's the the story. So going back to when you were trying to get an agent, and you finally get an agent, and you you're excited because the agent is uh, Gary Coleman's. Uh, Gary Coleman, the well, what's that show he was on? The little uh, uh, show, the, oh,
15: Different Strokes. Different Strokes, yeah. yeah.
2: Gary Coleman, <clears throat> and uh, you you were excited because you had Gary Coleman's agent or something. Yeah, and,
15: Mark Randall. Yeah.
2: Yeah, and uh, you said in the book, um, you know, the agent says you want to meet Gary Coleman. And you're like, fuck yeah, sure, why not? I want to meet anyone yeah. who has a career. And Gary Coleman was one of the biggest stars in the world, oh, you know. yes. And uh, you go to the meeting, <laughs> and he's coming on to you, and he invites mm-hmm. you up to his hotel room, mm-hmm. his beautiful penthouse hotel room, because mm-hmm. he's Gary Coleman, he has a lot of money. And you're not even thinking that he's interested in you sexually.
15: And I was a virgin, like, so I wasn't even thinking about that.
2: Right. So you were like, Isn't this nice? Gary Coleman wants me to come up to his room. You were completely naive about it, right?
15: Oh yeah. He held my hand and I was like, He's so cute and he had a suit on and he told <laughs> me that I remind <laughs> He told me I reminded him of Kimberly from Different Strokes and I was like, Yes. Oh my God, if I could only be be on different strokes, you know? Right. Yeah. And Mark came up with us too and they had the presidential suite. And then we went into the room and then Mark disappeared.
2: <laughs> right. Oh, they had a whole move. Mark disappears I, from the room, leaves yeah. you alone with Gary Coleman. Yeah. Oh, yeah. that's so dark. It is yeah. such a dark story. Yeah, and you're sitting there on the bed with him, right? And I, uh,
15: yeah, I think he was like, "Sit down." Like it was very sweet. Like so, and then, then he's like could you like tickling me a little in this and that and i was like hey, stop you know like i was trying to be polite and stuff i'm a polite catholic girl in a virgin yes. so right. i'm not even thinking about i'm naive about anything about that yeah okay go ahead so what were you say?
2: no but but gary coleman <clears throat> started to get really aggressive with you and you say he grabbed your ankles oh and started g- holding onto your ankles, and then was Bouncing on the bed, trying to land on top of you. Yes, I I can't even imagine that story. I mean, that's
15: relentless. He was. I was like. Then he was like trying to kiss me and get on top of me. I was like, "No, Gary, stop!" So I push him off. Then I would get off the bed. Then he would bounce on the bed, jump, 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 and wrap himself around me. Then I would like fling him off, and then he would
2: (laughs) (laughs) fling him off.
15: Yeah, and then he got on top of me and was trying to, you know, I was like, "Gary, stop!" But I, I. I I guess because of his size, I I didn't feel physically threatened. But then, yeah, I finally would. He was it was going on and on repeating. I would throw him off. He would get back on, throw him off. And his dialysis machine was in the room. And then finally I throw him off. I was like, then I'm really getting out of breath because it was it was like athletic and aerobic it was uh,
2: and he was what about four feet tall and he probably weighed what uh 50 pounds 60 i don't know 75 pounds so i mean you're throwing around 75 pounds it's while it's you know it's 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 hard i mean it's difficult and then and
15: then i finally get him off and i i can't stand up right now
2: uh, yeah i, I should say could. seated
15: well yes yeah. well, so then i finally get him off and then i go to the bathroom and then he grabs onto my leg and i was like it. i like <laughs> kick him off like that yeah. and then uh, i go I lock myself in the bathroom like this and then he sticks his hands under the door and he's like i can see you oh my
2: like, no i love the quote in your book you go <clears throat> i can see you silly billy <laughs> <laughs> silly Billy, <laughs> which, yeah. which nothing turns a, uh, a girl on more than when you hear uh, "Silly Billy." Oh my God! Uh, well, how'd all you get this out is of so seductive? <laughs>
15: Yeah, Wait, what did you it's, say, Robin? I it's said so all seductive. Of it was so seductive. Oh my god.
2: <laughs> it sounds like a cartoon actually. But so oh. how did you get out of the room when you left the bathroom? Did you just like run out the door? I just
15: kind of sprinted out. I think I was probably yeah. very polite. And then I I saw Mark Randall <laughs> and I was like, you got to watch that client of yours. So I wish I could have stood up for myself more, yeah. but I think um yeah, I i did it. That's all I said, and I. I'm it's so like a I Chucky
2: movie. It. Yeah, reminds me of Chucky the doll. Well, it know? also like it sounds
3: just... like it could have been a skit on Saturday Night Live. You oh
2: know? my uh, god! Yeah, yeah. So but ridiculous. I mean, but really, it's not funny. I mean, the agent no. leaving the room and leaving you alone with his yeah. kid, and you know, the whole thing is just so fucked up, and it's also sad. Yeah. You know, the other weird story I have to ask you about is um when you were at NYU i guess it happened you had a girlfriend friend oh yeah and uh, you guys are hanging out mhm and uh some Gina some uh, Yeah, some arab sheik mm-hmm. is it? you know which story i'm talking about oh yeah what a crazy story that was. I mean, you have, cr- you, you've had a crazy <laughs> life. You must be so happy now that your life's kind of normal.
15: Yes, I um, am.
2: Yes. I, I mean, I, and you're not an adrenaline junkie. It's not like yeah. you're chasing these experiences. No, but, no, uh, not
15: at all. Yeah, Gina Cus. Gina Costello was a girl who was a, a, a drama student and um, fellow drama student, and um, yes, yeah, she. We were scene partners. Does she and, mind
2: you telling this story? By the way, uh, and, uh, mentioning her
15: I don't, name. No. Do you
2: mention her name in the book.
15: Uh yes, yeah. yes. Does well, some, na- no, some names have been changed.
2: Oh, so this is a name. This is not the real name. You're getting yes. Yes. oh good okay yes. good names good, have been good, changed good. exactly i was going to recommend not... we not use no, the real yeah. name on this story no you know? no no right, so right, right.
15: basically we were scene partners and um she was like let's meet at you know times square in a bar to rehearse our scene i was like that's weird. do you want to meet and a, i was a very serious actress i was like you need a bar to do our skit to yeah. rehearse for our, our, our scene and then um, we had like a gin and tonic or something and then she was like you know wow this guy says he wants to buy us you know drinks and, and you know so he bought us drinks and then she was like he wants us to come up to the room with him will you come up with me and I was like what? and, she
2: and was you're like, still a virgin right? yeah
15: still a virgin yeah, and right. she was like he wants to help us out you know and I was like <laughs> what? He, she's like he knows we're college students and he wants to help us out and I was like that's like prostitution or something she was like Mom, what if something happens to me she kind of guilted me so I was like okay so I went up to the room with her and and we were kind of wild. We had a couple drinks. And he was he was actually very sweet. And he kind of like, we kind of like took our tops off and <laughs> did a little dance for him. Right. <clears throat> he loved it. And we were having fun. Uh,
2: right. You didn't, it was all innocent.
15: <clears throat> it was very innocent. Yes. Right. Yes. So we were just having fun. And then he kind of pushed me down on the bed and I could feel his weight on me but i was not that scared or anything because he just seemed excited you know like more excited and um and she was like no get off her she's a virgin get off so she hoisted him off like she was like protecting me and then he was like a virgin you know like was so excited
2: i I want this i want my virgin yeah mm -hmm. that turned him on more i guess because you were a virgin he loved it
15: so then She kind of got pretty busy with him and was, you know, fooling around with him and I'm just kind of waiting there. I put my cl- top back on or whatever. Then um I was like, "Oh, let's get out of here. Come on. This feels like a sleazy scene." So I was like, "Let's go. Beat it. Come on." And she's like, "Give me 5 more minutes." And then um oh, then she goes, "Check his wallet. Check his wallet." So I- <laughs> oh. so I <laughs> Can you believe this, Prophet? So I, uh, I was like, I go, like a little like, you know I, I go and I go through his wallet I've never done that in my life I went through right. and I see a 5 and a 10 and so I write on the hotel stationery just a 5 and a 10 let's get the hell out of here and she's right. like 5 more minutes 5 more minutes so then finally they finished up we left we went in the cab he gave us like 750 or something and we split the money cash and she was like no fair you're we're getting half I did all the dirty work and she's like you're a paying for the cab ride home and um she was like i can't wait to tell my boyfriend he's gonna think so great because we need a new stereo you know oh
2: (laughs) yeah what a crazy situation yeah
15: but i think i was like from cleveland like new york city it's gonna be like andy warhol and crazy like i was i was just so excited so i thought this is how it's gonna be wild you know
2: do you think you stayed a virgin so long because of your Catholic school upbringing? Or do you think, uh, was there a guilt thing associated? Or were you just not that sexual of a
15: person? Mm, no, I'm definitely sexual. But I think um <clears throat> my dad was also very Catholic, like felt like that's wrong. You should, you know, because he was obviously cut off from his own sexuality. So I think he was very Catholic and, you know, thinking. But I think that I... It, No, I think it was I was sexual, like I love, you know, masturbation, and I'm sexual and love all that since I was little. But I was going to say that I think it was that I didn't want to fall in love with a guy because I was afraid that I would get my heart broken, and I didn't want to feel all those feelings that come up. So I grieved my mom through men, through boyfriends, and I just didn't want to feel that. And I remember going through the first breakup, and I was I, devastated, like all the feelings about losing my mom came up with that for like the first boyfriend. So I was avoiding that. I was like, I don't want that to happen again. No way. I just didn't want to get my heart broken. Wait, in other
2: words, would you recommend <clears throat> women to wait until you're much older to have uh sex? Uh In other words, it probably <clears throat> served you well in <clears throat> that you were emotionally a little bit more together. Than if you had uh, gotten your heart broken when you were 15 or 16. Oh,
15: yeah, that would be yeah. terrible. Cause I don't think, yeah, so I waited till after college and, um, yeah, so I'm glad I didn't even do that at NYU. I was just focused on theater and comedy. I didn't really do that till older and I kind of forced myself to, like, and my dad was very encouraging at that. He's like, you, you know, but, but, but I was gonna say, um, Yeah, I just didn't want to feel that pain because it really brought up that pain of losing my mom. But, no, I think I feel old-fashioned. I feel like a a woman should feel safe, and I don't like when stuff's too quick. I feel like you should feel safe and really get to know them. I feel pretty old-fashioned, but then when you feel safe, that's great. But I wouldn't, me, I would not be the type to just rush into that. I'm more serious about that type of stuff. Does that make sense?
2: Yeah. When you made the decision to leave Saturday Night Live... Uh, you did six years on there, yeah, and and uh, a great six years it was, yeah. But when you when you'd make the decision to leave, that's got to be frightening because you're experiencing fame, you're getting into your groove, you're mm-hmm. making some good money, I assume, mm-hmm. and you you know to leave mm-hmm. that whole little world where <laughs> Lauren is all protective and let's face it, there's not a whole lot of TV shows where you can go do sketch comedy, yeah, and that kind of stuff. It's the only one in town. It's the only mm-hmm. game in town. Um, that's gotta be frightening as hell, uh, I would think.
15: You know what, Howard? It was funny because when I was on the peak of SNL, like when I was the most famous, like, people coming up to me, like, Adam, I remember, warming, he's like, soon, you know, when when I first started, he goes, soon people will know your name. And they'll call out Molly. So that was happening after Mary Catherine. Everything was going great. I would get recognized. It was great. They knew I were. But that's when I got the most depressed. Oh, I went really? into such a depression. Why? Because I was, like... I would have this, like, anxious feeling when people came up to me, like, oh, thank you, thank you. But then I would have, like, a gnawing, anxious, sad feeling, like, no, no, something's missing. Something's missing. Sad
2: sad maybe because... Um, you were afraid of disappointing people from week to week. That maybe uh, you couldn't keep it all going, or said that your mother. couldn't... <clears throat> it
15: was sad because I really the the only one I really wanted to tell me that I was good was my mom. And I'm right. finally I'm doing backflips. I'm now doing this. I do everything, and she's still not coming back. You know, and I realized I was driven to achieve and work and run, and I'm just kind of driven and driven and driven and you doing my stage show and I got out, and then I get the show and. I gotta... And I was like, oh, the fame doesn't fix any of this. I still have a fucking hole in my heart. And I'm so, right. I got dead depressed for months. And I could finally feel fully sad about my mom and cry wow. and cry and cry. And and it gave me, uh, it was freeing, Howard, because... <clears throat> Because I realized fame doesn't fix anything. It doesn't bring my mother back from the dead. I, <clears throat> I thought, hold on. <clears throat>
2: hey, drink some water.
15: <clears throat> I thought, <clears throat> thank you. <clears throat> I just thought, you know, I, I thought that that would, I thought that that would kind of fix that hole. You know what I mean? Like.
2: Right. And it didn't.
15: It didn't. And so it gave me this like freedom where I was like, okay, who cares? You don't have to be the best. You can just be whatever level you're at. You're doing what you love. You get to be an artist. You're creative. You're passionate. You're pursuing what you want. Who cares if you're not number one? Like you could be number, you know, 2000. Just enjoy being creative. It doesn't matter. So then I really enjoyed that show. Like it was like a creative camp and I'm like, you're working with, it was like the best. Comedy school imaginable. So did that,
2: you ever try medication? When no, you were feeling I, that, I never no. did.
15: No, I just let myself grieve it, and I was in therapy and talked about it. So it just gave me this kind of like really enjoying the show and because i and and you know people used to say oh you got snl it's a great stepping stone i was like a stepping stone yeah i to don't me, understand that I, a stepping stone i was like this is the greatest job i'll ever have in my life and i still feel that way so i never right. saw it as a stepping stone i was like i could stop right here and be so happy for my whole life that i made it this far so i just looked at 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 it as an island so why
2: leave why leave after 6 years
15: because i loved it so much i loved lorne so much i respected the show so much I wanted to leave when I loved it I've seen some people stay on too long Where they're phoning it in And right. I was like I gotta hand the torch over And I really wanted to spend time with my dad And I wanted to date I, 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 was, I had met Fritz at the time So I really wanted to spend time with him And I wanted to just meet friends for coffee I just wanted to have a personal life I'd been working right. so hard I was like I want to just enjoy my life And just have oh. fun So I wasn't leaving to go anywhere I was like why do you have to go Why is everybody leaving to do a movie I didn't feel that way at all I wow. was like, yeah yeah that's,
2: that's I, amazing because i don't look at career like that. I look at it like i got something good here let 's keep going with it, and yeah. uh Lauren wants me here i 'll stay, you know that kind of thing that's i I get very practical about uh, those kinds of decisions, and it, it was very brave of you to say, you know, hey i 'll pass the torch to someone else, let them go and uh, and i'll and I'll get off this thing i don't want to stay too long at the party
15: yeah and um, it's a hard yeah. job too, you know, and I think yeah. that it's hard so
2: it's true. You don't have a personal life if you if you you know staying up all night six days a week. It's yeah. crazy.
15: And I knew I wanted to have kids, Howard. I was really like, I really want to have kids. I want to be, become a mom. I want to. I want to have time to meet someone. I don't. I didn't want that to pass me over where I'm too old and then I miss having kids. I was like, I want. Did
2: you used to kids? Did you used to go to all those parties like after oh, Saturday? Yeah. Like, were they wild? Was it? Well, uh, our great? group was
15: not so wild. No drugs or anything. People would right. drink beer and stuff, but our group was pretty pretty we had fun but um yeah not too wild or anything no
2: and the musicians are fun to me too because they have a musical guest every week that's oh my cool.
15: god so fun yeah yeah, yeah. yeah i then,
2: remember you did the uh, sketch with whitney houston you describe in your book how you uh you you you, you befriended her and got her to be in the sketch with mary Catherine gallagher yeah and uh that's that's great that you did that and uh whitney you know,
15: was so nice they were like she's not going to be in the sketch she's not going to do it and i was like she'll do it let me go talk to her and i because sometimes I would see where they would approach the musical guests and they would have too many lines or it's too confusing. And I thought, they don't want to have all this pressure memorizing these lines. Right. So I just told Whitney, look, I'm going to play the Catholic school girl. You're going to be like a snotty girl. And it's all you have to do is just do whatever you want. You just have to kind of be you know snotty push in front of me out sing me and so you can say whatever you want she was like okay i'll do it i'll do it so that's how i got her to do it and that's what i meant i was like don't even don't even look at these papers you know just have fun and so she didn't then the night that it was the sketch was on she was not there yet and i was like oh no (laughs) so they had Anna or dress in the catholic school office so she was ready to go on stage it was like Honestly, like five seconds, like they're counting down. She's about to go on, and then they're like, Whitney's here. Whitney's here. They usher on, and she was fantastic. I oh, mean, thank just, God she showed up. She showed up, and she was. It was Rosie O'Donnell and Whitney. Rosie and was great in it. Rosie.
2: Yeah, was Rosie great. was good. Rosie was really good in that
15: sketch. Yes, yeah, she was so good, and Whitney was so nice. After she loved being in that, and she was like, "Girl, you're crazy." You know, she she had so much fun, and she was very. Uh, she had such a good sense of humor. She was Penny Marshall silly. was in
2: that yeah, sketch. Too.
15: Marshall, yes. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah, that, what happened to that Anna Geister? She was really talented. I mean, is she still around? I mean, you don't yeah. see, I mean there's a yeah. woman you think would be working all the time is she
15: yeah i think yeah she's she's working she does television shows and movies yeah i think yeah. yes yeah.
2: yeah yeah my wife and i loved you in white lotus we thought you were great in that oh
15: um, thank you, you know, howard you play,
2: the, you play that mother-in-law crashes the kid's honeymoon it's really good <laughs> oh that was uh, the best <laughs> but, oh, yeah that was the best i love that yeah mommy she's
15: like surprise <laughs> yeah on
2: the yeah. Honeymoon. yeah 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 it's crazy but Mike white um, is do you
15: doing Season
2: two in Italy now. Oh, is he? Oh, yeah, do, yeah. Uh, do you um, do you worry about like like you know how football players mm-hmm. get uh, uh, they get injured and stuff? Uh, years later, they have problems with their bodies. Do you worry, do you have nightmares about that with what you put your body through because you were such a physical comedian? Do you um, worry do you with, have any injuries? A
15: little bit with my knees because I would always right. do a pretty rough thing where I would trip over a chair, always a metal chair, trip and fall on my knees. Oy, yeah, I wish right. I had done that, but I don't worry about my back or anything. And I'm in really good shape and I exercise every day and swim and lift weights. So no, but my knees, I wish I hadn't done that. You know, but, Right, yeah. right.
2: Well, I have to <clears throat> tell you, uh, Molly's written a really wonderful book, not only about her time on Saturday Night Live, but her acting career coming up through the, uh, through the ranks. And, you know, the struggle is always really great to read, but her struggle is particularly moving because of what went on with her father losing her mother at a young age. And I, I found the book, I read it like, you know, I'm not a quick reader, but I just found it to be a really, a uh, quick read. You know what I meant to tell you. What? I was trying to find online that sketch that you did when you're uh, Mary Catherine Gallagher, uh-huh. and um and um you did a sketch with Aerosmith, and you lick, you get Steven Tyler on the ground, and you lick him. Uh-huh. I can't find that online anywhere. You can't? What? They've, I think they've removed that oh, for some reason. Wow. I don't know some why. Pub- I can't.
15: Music pu- publishing thing or something? Yeah. Oh, I don't know. I love that sketch. The lawyer. Yeah. The character gets really excited when they sing Sweet Emotion and then, uh, she, she goes crazy and licks him from toe to head. But the lawyer, when she sought for the dressers, so said, oh, you can't do that. You know, you gotta, you gotta stay above the, the belt or whatever and i was like oh yeah yeah but then i did i live on air i was like you mean they like thought
2: I it would look too, too much dirty. like you were blowing you well, were blowing I, steven tyler
15: i guess so they were like no but i didn't listen to anything and i went and did it and i licked him from his toe all the way up his
2: body did you get in trouble for doing that no no they no. never said anything because no. it was funny so they yeah, funny. It. Yeah,
15: yeah yeah exactly yeah, he,
2: no. was you he was great he was so game do you still watch Saturday Night Live, or are you like, you know what, I'm over it?
15: I still watch it. I love watching The Good Nights. That's my favorite part, because I know how hard it is and what goes into it. So I like to see how what people's moods are in The Good Nights, because it's such a roller coaster. And
2: When you say Good Nights, you mean at the end of the show, <clears throat> when everyone's waving goodbye?
15: <clears throat>
2: That's yeah. Why do you part. love that? Uh, me too. Why mm. do I love that so much? Because it's I don't the don't most
15: real. It. It's like you're seeing yeah. the host and like, oh, I wonder who they clicked with. Like, did they click with Kate McKinnon or A. D. Bryan or who are they? And then you're seeing, you know, because the show is a roller coaster. Sometimes you're in a show, sometimes you're not. For a cast member, it's hard. It's like, you know, it's like you're like a major league player. Like, are you in the game uh. or not? So I like to see what the temperature is of the cast and the stars. And I was going to say too, when I was on the show, I didn't like to invite people that much because I always felt like I might disappoint them. I don't, right. I'd rather perform for strangers, but if it was people that I knew and that's connected to my mom, I felt like, Oh no, they're going to be disappointed, you know? Man. And so I like i don't like it makes me f- i i still feel that like i don't like people to watch stuff have a fear of disappointing them and will ferrell would always bring so many friends i was like i wish i could be like that you know
2: show off or just yeah. not ferrell. be
15: afraid no no not show off he yeah. just had so many no, good joking. friends yeah yeah he's my good the, good friend the, the, but, the other <clears>
2: sketch <throat> that comes to mind that i remember you in was um, you played um so funny you played Monica Lewinsky and I thought it was really convincing when you played Monica Lewinsky. Mm-hmm. And, and and uh uh Linda Tripp, the woman who uh recorded Monica mm-hmm. Lewinsky without her knowledge was played by John Goodman. And John Goodman, he's thin now, but he was at his heaviest. And he's Linda Tripp to your Monica Lewinsky. And he goes, uh, oh, hello. (laughs) He doesn't even change his voice. He just goes, oh, hello, Monica. You know, He's so good. (laughs) He's really good. (laughs) Isn't he? Man, oh, he is a funny dude. And you you were great with that. Thank you so much.
15: It's so great when you get appointed to do one of those characters. Lauren decides who's going to play what. So that was just so great for me.
2: Yeah. Do you actually study Monica Lewinsky when they say you're going to play Monica Lewinsky, or do you just wing mm-hmm. it?
15: I listened to all the tapes of her t- talking to Linda Tripp. I would listen to them in my apartment when I was studying, and I was like, this is fascinating. So she would be like, guess what? He did this. Yes, yeah. so I would listen because to- they had those, those recorded conversations, yeah. so yeah. I did yeah. really yeah. listen to that. And yeah, it was great. Did she you ever meet sweetheart. her? I did meet her because she came to the show, and she was wonderful and I, I I feel like she was thrown under the bus before me too, and I like all the work that she and hillary too but i I like the the work that she's done to recover from that time, and you know
2: she yeah, she really I, I got was, she really got the shitty end of the stick i mean she was a young girl, she yeah, fell in love with a guy, you know and uh I don't know. She yeah. got ridiculed by the whole country, but I was yeah. wondering if she would be like pissed off that you played her. On no, the she was so no.
15: nice. Yeah, yeah. So sweet. Yeah.
2: Molly Shannon has done it. She mm-hmm. wrote a book about her life called Hello, Molly, and it's available wherever books are sold. Also, Molly is going to be in a new series for Showtime called I Love This For You.
3: You yes, plays the and queen of the first
2: two episodes. And oh, I have the queen oh, of home gosh.
3: shopping. Oh. That's
2: right, with, uh, with Vanessa <laughs> Bayer, who is also yes. very funny. Vanessa yeah. Bayer, when she would play that bar mitzvah boy
4: on um, Saturday
2: Night Live. Uh, that was the most brilliant character I had ever seen. I mean, it was it just sh- crazy. Uh, that was right <laughs> up there with uh, Mary Catherine Gallagher, oh, right? Yeah, and she's, yes. she's great
3: in this show, too. You two yeah. together are really, really good. A lot of good chemistry there. Thank you.
15: She created the show with Jeremy Byler, yeah. and Jessica Klein, Mike Showalter. Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be great i think i'm so excited to work with vanessa
2: so what molly is saying is go buy her book she put in a lot of time writing this thing mm-hmm. it would be very disappointing for her. Life. yeah oh, thank if, 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 God. She, if she'd be uh and uh, and also a big thank you to david Mamet's office for recommending us to uh, <laughs> molly to be on the show today <laughs> I got a call from Did David call? Mamet, uh, yeah, from from one of the people, not him himself, someone who works there. And they said, why don't you have Molly Shannon on and talk about her book? And I, I, you know, so if Mamet out. says it, I go for it. Oh, great. Um, but anyway, congratulations on the book. It's great to see you. Oh, my uh,
15: gosh. Great to see you. Say hi to Beth. And I just I want to say, Howard Robin, this is such an honor for me. And I can't even tell you how much oh, well, you've fan been- I am. And I am just overjoyed to be here.
2: Well, you've always been so sweet to us, always uh, taking part in the um, Celebrity Superfan Roundtable. Yeah, yeah, you know, you've always been wonderful. So Molly Shannon, (laughs) it's a great life. It's a a great book. Hello, Molly, available wherever books are sold. Thanks, Molly. Great seeing you. Bye,
15: Howard. Great to see you, too. Bye, Robin. Bye. There goes Molly.
2: Molly Shannon. Always loved when she'd come out in that little tiny skirt as Mary Catherine Gallagher. Superstar. Superstar. Yeah.
4: <laughs> That's what
3: I loved. I always love that. Like, where's that coming up?
9: There's
2: a scene in that movie. What's she gonna have
3: done? Just as she's falling over everything, how's she gonna get into that pose?
2: There's a scene in Superstar where she's making out with the tree. I always thought that was pretty funny.
3: But, <laughs> oh uh, yes, you know. yes, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. yeah. And then a nun catches her making out with a tree. <laughs> but uh, anyway, yeah, it's. I read that book. I was like, oh fuck, this reminds me of my yeah. mother and what happened with her, losing her mom at a young age, and it's really. And isn't it
3: weird that people who have children are completely unprepared to deal with serious issues when they come up in their lives? Like I've, nobody talks about the loss of your
2: mom. No, back then, my, my mom says nobody even told her her mother died. It's great, but. I can yeah. tell you my grandfather had no idea what he was doing,
3: but. But that's know. my, it's like, you just, why would you think that that child doesn't need an explanation? <laughs> like, how could that possibly skip your mind?
2: Hold on a second. Hey, Ed, don't get a yeah. cat. Do me, yeah, do me, a, this is ass, this is ass napkin, Ed. In all oh. seriousness, I know someone told me he's getting a cat. I just wanted to tell you, do, do the yeah. cat a favor and yourself a favor. Don't get a cat. Okay.
9: The fuck are you talking
2: about? I want, a, I want a pet. I know, but you're not equipped. First yeah, of all, you got to
9: think about it.
2: You get high too what? much. You're not a responsible guy. You know what I mean. You get and I'm Please. not. I'm not even judging you, but I know your lifestyle. You're judging me.
7: You say I can't get a. I'm just saying. Huh? It's what? not.
2: It, it, it's not. Your ass worms are pets. You keep them as your pet. Oh, how you can I can't get it because cats uh, get sick. They you need money to get them treated. Um, You gotta.
7: No, what I was gonna ask you is like, I mean, if I do get one, like, please don't. How do I treat it? Like,
2: oh, great. Yeah, that's what I mean, Ed. I and I love you. You know that I put you on the show. I'm not saying it to be mean. But some people know, aren't meant I to know, have a you're pet. You're not. Okay, you you, you, I mean, you shouldn't be taking care of anything.
14: That's why I'm asking your advice.
2: Here's my advice: work on taking care of yourself, getting off the sauce, getting off the drugs. The Go ahead, dude. You're high right now. You're How high do right you know? now because I can tell. I listen. I've uh, I've I've you're I've done not a lot that of drugs. Good
3: at hiding it. Yeah. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You Do got me a me favor. I, I'm not saying it to be mean to you, but the cat will be a burden to you. You will not know how to take care of it. You'll you'll end up neglecting it. And I, I'm, my wife and I are involved in so much animal rescue. Howard, it's horrible. It breaks our hearts when we see these animals that are neglected.
7: Howard, I I love you so. I'm gonna I'm going to take your advice and next. thank you, Ed. But can thank I get you. a goldfish?
2: No. You know what, Ed, you got to take care of yourself before you take care of something else, okay? That's what you I'm going to tell you.
0: Do you remember you, you take a goldfish out of the water and it just flip, flips and flaps.
4: Yeah, yeah that's yeah, not
3: funny yeah. for the goldfish.
7: Right. Oh, come okay. on, it's a fucking goldfish.
2: Uh, All right, they, listen to me. No, I'm going Do to not definitely. get a cat. The cat cats are sweet, but they need a lot of care. They need a lot of love. But that's so right, I. It's not for you. I know you and I'm not saying it to be mean. I'm saying it to save you a lot of heartache expense and okay. uh, it's not going to work out. Well, I can almost promise you that.
7: Like okay? I, said, Howard, I know you love animals. Yeah. And, we rescue
2: uh, animals from people like you all day. And I got to tell you, I'm, I'm taking care like, of a cat right now, Mikey. Like me. Yeah. People with uh, emotional problems, drug problems, and they, they are, they, they get a, don't even get a plant, Ed. It's too don't, much.
3: Yeah. Yeah. You can't handle that.
2: Right. A plant? A plant isn't even alive, really. You no, know, it's alive. <laughs> Believe it or not, it is alive. It is alive. That's yeah, plants that's are alive. I love, I love you. you. Don't I love say- you and I'm saying it from a place of love. I really mean it.
7: You really love me?
2: I love you and I love the cat that you're not going to get. Okay? I
7: I love you. There you we go. We sound like we sound
2: like Bernie. Like I love you, you love me. There you go. There you go. It's all about the love. All right, ask and Napkin Napkinhead. Thank you. I I like, all right, Ask. <laughs> all right, ass. Him. May I call you <laughs> ass? Can I may I call you ass? I know it's a little. I should probably say ass Napkinhead. But if if I'd be honored if I could call you ass.
7: You can call me whatever yeah. you want, bro. All right, buddy.
2: All right. You take care. You have a good day. Get a stuffed animal. That's what I like. I mean, play there with your you lice. Go. Play with your lice. There's an idea. A, all right. Later. That's Ed. Everyone loves ass, and everyone loves ass napkin. Ed.
3: Yeah, we're just talking right. about parents who don't know how to handle their children. He he really shouldn't try to take care of anything.
2: Uh, Mike, you're on the air, and then I got to go. I got uh, I got things to do. Yes, Mike.
11: Good morning, Howard. First time, long time, as they say. Hey, uh, yes, yeah. Hey, um, yes, hey uh, Holly, uh, Holly, Howard. I always love Molly Shannon. Molly, I always loved Molly Shannon. Like she really was hilarious. But her interview, she's like a perfect person. She's perfect, isn't she? She doesn't get when some guys like scheming on her and trying to like be a pervert with her. Like she's just a perfect person. Like no one deserves to take advantage of Molly Shannon.
4: I couldn't.
3: Agree I couldn't believe she's... the Gary Coleman story. <laughs>
11: forward, if you guys don't do a, if you don't do a Bizarre. fucking shit of that for for Howard TV, you're crazy. If you don't know, for uh for the for the website, you're crazy. That's the f- the imagery is so hilarious. I'm thinking about doing one myself with my comedian friends, just because. I mean, imagine Gary Coleman getting thrown around a room and he just keeps coming after your ankles and shit. It's <laughs> <laughs> you know? crazy. Like he's yeah. a on those airplanes from the old Popeye cartoon. He's ripping apart the airplane. He's a fucking sex maniac. Oh, man.
2: Absolutely. Uh, it's a wild story. She's a She is a very talented woman. I'm a fan of hers, and I'm glad she came on today. All right, look, we got to go. And we'll see you tomorrow. Amy Schumer will be here tomorrow. Got a lot to talk to her about. Robin, you and I have a lot to talk about that we didn't get to today As I you know, know it I was know. a very a
3: couple of things
2: you know, there was a couple of things, but they have to <laughs> wait we, we we you and I have to have a life uh we will see you tomorrow. bye.